2: Oh! <laughs> Week number one, we're on air at 9 a.m. So that having been said, that's the name of the show. Join us each and every day. Do- by the way, you know I get a lot of people. They they get a hold of me, and thank you very much. By the way, I, I get a lot, which surprises me because I'm very hard to get along with, from what I'm told. Um, but that's okay. But here's what I will say: Thanks for people who get a hold of us. Thanks for people that. That I just don't I just don't have the time. I guess maybe it's because I'm 51 years old. I don't have the patience to do more than one page. So if you want to find out anything about the Couch Potato Sports Show, you go on to my page, Sonny Clark. Don't go on the Couch Potato Sports Show. I know I got it out there. I just I don't get over there to do it, and I don't have the time, nor do I have the patience, nor do I care. Um, also, same thing with Twitter. All my posts on Twitter go over to the Couch Pete Sports Show, Sonny Clark over there. I don't even go on Twitter, so if you ask me a question on Twitter, I don't answer it because I don't go over there. I don't care about Twitter. The only one I care about is Facebook. It's the one I enjoy. Plus, I can do more than 160 characters in case I decide I want to go off on somebody or something or a certain subject, which if you're a frequent visitor to my page you get that now it is sunday and we're always waiting for the high and tight that being cuervo is being fashionably late getting his haircut done and everything else we always talk about what happened because people think that football season's not going on i'm just telling everybody you're just not paying attention and when you don't pay attention you don't necessarily know about champions indoor football Or some of the other ones, that other indoor football leagues that are going on that are in play right now. Now, I don't really do a lot of commenting on the other ones. I only comment about champions because that's the one I work at. That's the one I'm the director of operations for. And, folks, I want to tell you something right now. We had some great games last night. And if you are not involved with indoor football or don't watch it or whatever the case may be, I get it to a certain point but I'll tell you you're missing some good games because the one thing about champions indoor football is is that the parity within this league keeps these games close keeps them interesting even going down to the final minutes and if you know anything about indoor football the final minutes of an indoor football game could be the most exciting So you can miss the first minute or two, although you might miss a kickoff return or a quick score or whatever the case may be. The end of these games have been outstanding to say the least. And last night it did not disappoint everything. It it did not disappoint anybody's expectations, at least mine anyway. and And I got a high standard. And, you know, with four games that were going on last night, we had one that went into overtime, one with the final second, you know, final seconds of the game touchdown. We also had a great competitive game, um, you know, and between two teams that are rivals. And the only thing that I can tell you is that when when I am watching these games, I have all four of them up. It's hard to watch, but I watch them all. But I want to go ahead. Let's just start what happened last night in Champions Indoor Football because. The fact of the matter is it was exciting. So let's jump into what we've seen as far as maybe the game that, you know, had more of the scoring that, you know, or the more difference of a point, but still was an outstanding game because it was that, that um, game where, you know, the rivalry is huge. And that of course is the Omaha beef taking on the Sioux city bandits. And this was a game where the beef started a new quarterback. There's also a game where, we saw only 12 points scored difference. The Bandits got that victory last night, 52 to 40. But the beef were keeping it interesting all the way up until the end of the game, and that's one of the things about Champions Indoor Football I completely love. I get that, and not leaving leaving before a game, at least from where I what I do, that's it's almost unacceptable completely unacceptable. but uh, here's what happened sioux city put this one away with a minute and 31 seconds left to go with a darren miller three yard run and a great counter kick that went in uh it was a play drive 25 yards took up five minutes and 28 minutes on the clock and that was the thing that did it it was that drive it put the dagger in what was going on but A little bit difference with Anthony Ayanati not in the lineup for the Omaha beef seventeen to thirty-one, hundred and fifty-two yards, three interceptions compared to only one touchdown. And in this league, that will kill you. But one of the things that happened is is that the beef were in this game. They were doing it through the air, and they did it with a total of five different receivers. Daniel McKinney, of course, doing what he does. Five catches, fifty-one yards, Clark. Six catches, 41 yards. Two catches, 21 yards. Oh, by the way, Clark got the touchdown pass. And Ribbing, two catches, 21 yards. Two catches, 18 yards for Cameron Hall. On the other side, Sioux City. They matched it up with Nadler, who was 6 of 10, 80 yards. That's it, guys. And that, that is the huge number that I want you to remember. One touchdowns and zero interceptions. So only eight, 80 yards through the air. So where did they did it? Or where did they do it? They did it in the running game. And they did it in the special teams. Darren Miller, 18 rushes, 68 yards, three touchdowns. Frederick Bruno, six rushes, 22 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Shepard's one rush, eight yards. That was four touchdowns. touchdown. Okay. Brandon Shepard, one catch, 43 yards, and that touchdown. It was 43 yards, and and big time plays, and those or what it is, but it's the kickoff returns from Darren Miller. Two kickoff returns, 50 yards, and the long was for 45, and it was for a touchdown, guys. Special teams played big, big parts in this game. Chris Perry, who was hurt, kickoff return for a touchdown to start this game. I was like, whoa, this one's going to be a barn burner. I love it. Perry went out a little bit later on. We didn't see him for the rest of the game, and that hurts a team like Omaha. Because with the new quarterback and not having Chris Perry out on the football field, it affected the whole way that game was going to be played. But Omaha hung tough, and that's one thing. Now, Omaha may not be the best team in the CIF, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you think you're walking into Omaha or Omaha coming to your place and you got a W next to it, i got news for you. You're not going to get that. You're, you're You're going to end up getting beat if you go in with that kind of attitude because that's just how good they are. So watch out for that, because I will tell you that I enjoy watching the beef. The beef are a good football team, Um, and and this is a team that doesn't necessarily have the chemistry everywhere, and that's the huge thing. And once that team does get that chemistry towards the end of the year, they could be vying for a playoff spot, so watch out for that one. Gonna be it, it it's gonna be good. So the bandits get the victory 52 to 40. Good stuff out there. Now, having been said, the next game that was up on Force, I'm gonna tell you the Gladiators and the Force were going at it. This was an 18-point difference, but the Gladiators this had to go down to the final minutes of this game because the Force weren't giving up. And the defense that was being played by the Wichita force were huge. But the problem, obviously, and a lot of times that happens, is is that you get the the interceptions. And those interceptions hurt you when you are trying to get back into a game. Those interceptions will kill you, and that one by Rocky Hines really made a big difference in this game for Wichita. Now, Rocky Hines is a veteran of this game, of the indoor game, and knows how to play it. He was. 17 to 30, 220 yards and four touchdowns, and he also used his legs, but unfortunately ended up with a negative 17 yards out of those seven. That also came that means he was running for his life. Why? Because that Duke City Gladiator defensive line is quite possibly the best within champions indoor football. And they were getting at it last night. Tackles for loss, a total of eight tackles for loss for 30 yards – for this team. Three sacks in this game. And not only that, an interception, uh, big time for the force fumble. I mean, lots of stuff going on. Serta, big game. 12 tackles in this game. 10 of them were solo. And pass breakups and everything else. Good stuff that was going on out there on the defensive side for Duke City. So, as far as As far as the biggest surprise, um, I I got a question from Todd. He asked, I don't know who you would be considered the biggest surprise, Salina or Duke City. Um, And it is close right now. I mean, the biggest surprise, I will tell you that I was, the, the fact that Duke City and Salina are where they are right now does not surprise me. And I don't know if it's because I know the players. I don't know if it's because I know the coaching staff. I don't know if it's because I know the the ins and outs of what's going on. But the fact that Duke City is leading the Southern Division in this uh, league does not surprise me at all. The big-time off-season pickups. Uh, with with Matt Moss and Caleb Holbrook were the big, big signs of this team that made them better because when they go ahead and they get DeLo Davis back in the lineup, they become that more potent on the offense. And then you have Matt Moore and Brett Bowers on that defensive line, hassling uh, quarterbacks within the league. That's what you also get. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. That's where that ends up lining. So, some other games, so that game was a good one last night, as the the force did not want to give up in this game, but Duke City put twenty one on them in the fourth quarter, but that is what kind of iced it towards in, at the end. And if you're watching the end of the game, I'll say. by the way, also is a league. A lot of missed extra points last night in the Champions indoor football. So the way you look at the NFL and you see Mr. Automatics kicking the ball for extra points, whether it was close or the fact that they're bringing them back now and you'll see a miss every once in a while, that extra point becomes very big in this league. And last night proved it. There were probably seven or eight missed extra points in the four games that were going on. So it's not automatic. So that was a great game last night. Very much enjoyed watching that one. So that led us to another game that was a good one as the Steam Wheelers went on the road to take on the Bucks, and they got a huge road victory last night. The Steam Wheelers did. 45 to 32, and that was huge. And that was another one where... It went into overtime. Now, the number sounds like, well, you know, they got them by two touchdowns. Nah, they went into overtime. Quad City scored on their first possession. Then they intercepted pick six. So this game at the end of regulation was tied at 32, which, by the way, low-scoring game for the indoor game. If you like scoring, it's great, but – this was a good defensive game out there. Quad City sent both lots of mistakes from these football teams. Three interceptions from Aiken. That was huge. Now granted this first time he's seen the football field in maybe two or three years. So the fact that he threw three interceptions doesn't surprise me. But eighteen to thirty-four, one sixty-five and three touchdowns, one for thirty-nine yards as well. But on the other side, E. J. Hillier, thirteen of twenty seven, hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns. Zero on the interceptions. And, folks, in this game, when you don't throw interceptions, you just improve your opportunity to win the game a lot more than a team that does. 16 catches, 60 yards, two touchdowns for Tyler Williams, and he also ran the ball seven times for 42 yards. Didn't get into the end zone, but when you got a dual threat like that, that is huge. Tyler Williams having a big game there. Darren Clark, he catch 21 yards and um, six catch, uh, I mark that. Take that back. Darren Clark, one rush, 21 yards, Take, taking that back there. Receiving Tyler with seven catches, 42 yards. And the dual threat, that's huge for them. Bismarck on the other side. Uh, Five rushes, 25 yards, and a touchdown for Bird. He also caught eight passes, 79 yards, and two touchdowns. So three touchdowns from a guy that just kind of, you know, just keeps doing it and doing it and doing it out on the football field. Those are rushes. I'm sorry, five rushes, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Eight catches, 79 yards, two touchdowns. So big time, big time game. And when it goes into overtime, and I was watching the crowd in that and the crowd the crowd stayed for that game. And that was huge for them. They needed to keep that crowd there. So going into overtime on that one good stuff. And now going to the to the game that that was crazy. In Salina, the Phantoms, thought they had this one all set and ready to go, but Salina says ah, ah. This one was uh, it was hard fought. Salina wins this game 78-71. Where's the defense? Everybody's asking. This is indoor football. But with 51 seconds, Dominique Carson, 10-yard rush, and the two-point conversion. And the reason why they did that is they wanted to get up by seven in case that Kansas City went in and scored. But what it took was three drives and three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to get this victory over Kansas City. Salina had Tracy Brooks with a 15-yard pass from Derek Bernard again with 11:03. Then he got Tracy Brooks again with a five-yard pass from uh, Derek Bernard. And then with 51 seconds, Salina sealed the deal. Um, but that having been also said, uh, the other side, Kansas City Phantoms were not giving up. In fact, they led a big portion of this game uh Salina got up on board first, but then they took off ten to seven ten to uh seventeen to fourteen twenty four twenty one at thirty to twenty one They began to stretch their legs at at that point by thirty to twenty seven and then here's where it got big. Kansas City got up on the liberty fifty one thirty five in the third quarter, and at the end of the third quarter. The game was 64-57, but that was before, you know, all the scoring started to happen, and then Salinas sealed it in the fourth quarter. Good stuff out in Champions Indoor football. Very much enjoyed the games. I, I was in man heaven last night. I had all four devices going at the same time so I could watch all of them. And believe me, that's not easy. Salinas' game also took a very long time. But that was a lot of scoring. Seventy. What's going on in Salina? Why is the game taking so long? When you score that much, they have to take the minute breaks here and there. Lots of touchdowns out on there. It, those minutes add up and make it a long, long night in Salina. So uh, big time, big time stuff there. I don't know. Yeah, best league, indoor league in the country. I agree. And, and yeah, sunny. Is right there. He's saying that. Why is he saying that? I'm biased, and I'm okay with that. But I watched every single game within Champions Indoor Football, and I watched the other ones whenever there's nothing going on. Last night, I didn't have time to watch the other ones. I'll probably dabble in a couple of games of ones that got out of control, but that's what's going on within our league. The parody within Champions Indoor Football, I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't get much better than that. And, again, I'll say it like I always say it. If you think football season's over, you're not paying attention or you don't know me very well because football season is going on and going on strong. Good showing out of champions indoor football. I'm very, very happy. That having been said, that's oh, the name of the show. In case you didn't know,
0: <laughs> Your ass call. Somebody. it is Sunday.
2: I know right now that Cuervo knows the news, and he doesn't even want to talk about it because what are we going to do is we got to, unfortunately, as much as we don't want to, Cuervo, we got to talk about the uh, last-second heroics of our favorite NBA player, that being LeBron James. Good morning. How you doing, my friend? I'm great, Sonny. How are you? Yes, LeBron right.
1: James. We have to talk
2: about it, don't we? We just unfortunately, have to, don't we? Yeah, yeah. No, we don't. I mean, we can talk about we can talk about how we're not seeing another team show up after they get the long break. Cuervo. I mean, when you're mm-hmm. Toronto and you have got time off to rest, where is your head? You know what it is because in basketball, quite possibly more than any other sport, whether it be football, uh, hockey, or. Um, uh, what's the other sport? Uh, baseball. The mental game is huge in basketball because of the fact that there are not very many players that play this game. More so than you know, the major league baseball is very mental, and I get it. But I think there's more men- mental in the timing of the game compared to baseball, and sometimes you just can't shake it out of your head. And I think I think Cleveland is in Toronto's head big time because this is a team that cannot get past them, I mean, with LeBron on that team anyway. Well, yeah, and then it kind of reminds
1: you of, um, you know, the the great dynasties of the past in the NBA where certain teams tried to dethrone those those dynasties or those – teams that were getting in the finals constantly. And that's what you have. It's prime example of what you're seeing here with the Toronto Raptors. I mean, they, they, they've tried to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers for the past, what, three, four years now, and it just it's just not happening. Uh, so it, it, it does, I would imagine, after, you know, some time, after so many times of trying to beat these teams, uh, it, it is a mental uh, block that the team that's trying to win uh goes through. So with that said, I think that's what you're looking at here. It's another prime example of a team that just can't get over the hump of beating Cleveland Cavaliers and and now with, with what happened last night and and them being down three zero, it's I mean I, I I mean we said it about Cleveland when they were down two to one against the Pacers, but I really do feel like I don't see the Raptors winning a game unless Cleveland is just completely off game and they just can't buy a bucket. Uh, I don't see, I don't see Toronto winning a game. I see Cleveland sweeping them.
2: And that'd be good for them because as you heard, and if you listen, because every oh man, every microphones in this guy's face, LeBron's tired and the rest will do this guy some good. And, you know, as much as, got it. I'm going to say this out of all the teams where they don't need a guy to practice, where all the guys, you know, LeBron needs rest more than practice. And this in reality is the best thing that happens. If LeBron, if they can get that victory next time they hit the basketball court, it's going to be best for LeBron because he does need that time. And I would not, maybe it's me, maybe just a little warm ups or something, I wouldn't even have him out on the court to risk either a fluke injury or whatever the case may be, because as much as I hate LeBron, but if you put yourself in the shoes of the Cleveland Browns, you know, this is like, you know, getting the guy, if you can go back in football all right, and you go to the Oakland Raiders and you see Derek Carr go right down before the playoffs, this is almost at the same level of how much of an impact of a loss of a LeBron James would be for this basketball team. So I would, I would not, even for one second, think about, you know, if you get in this next victory, which, by the way, they need to bust their balls to get because they don't need to go to another game uh, in reality before they head into the next uh, the next portion of these playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I think it would be smart for them to uh, try and get LeBron as much rest as possible, too, before the next round. Now, the thing that's not playing in their favor is, is that the Boston Celtics? If I'm not mistaken, Sonny, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're up three nothing in their series as well. So, yeah, I mean, the are. only way it's going to yeah the only way it's going to work out for them is if all you know, the the seventy sixers find a way to start winning some games and and extend the series. So that that one can end you know, a day after Cleveland, or it could end tonight. I, I forget when Boston and, and Philly play again, but that series could be over before their own series. So
2: that that's something yeah, that and, doesn't play in their favor at all. And by the way, out of all the talk that was going on regarding Philadelphia and how great they are and everything else, I, I actually saw through it because I watched this team. Hey, and, can we talk? Can we talk? I mean, anybody talking about Philadelphia moving on, um, you know, they just showed that there are two different seasons, okay, and there are two different rounds in the playoffs. I say there's four. There's four seasons within a season, Cuervo, in the NFL or in the NBA. One is the regular season, means nothing, uh-huh. but the last two weeks of the season, Cuervo, that's another time. That's another level, okay. And then there's the first level of the playoffs and the second level of the playoffs. So the first round, the second round, all four of those are different types of games. And if you're LeBron, of course, you know, and the Cavaliers learning to switch it and they switched it at the right time against gets Indiana, these are when teams and the teams that are the better, and I hate using the phrase, but it's true. The cream of the crop starts to begin to move after the first round. You can get through the first round just fine. You can beat all the teams that do not have the actual gumption to really stand up to the 76ers in the first round. But the 76ers and the Toronto Raptors are realizing that teams go to a different level when we move into round number two. And from two on, you're seeing the team that wins the championship because usually when the team has to do it, they have got to do some crazy stuff such as LeBron and the Cavaliers, what they did with the Pacers. Now they take it to another level, even wiping out the Toronto Raptors who were not ready. And they did not take the next step in round number two of the NBA in order to be competitive to make it even look interesting. These games right now, those two series right now, Cuervo, hard to watch. Uh,
1: both in the Eastern conference. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I understand what you're saying because it just kind of seems like, you know, even despite injuries, uh, especially for the Celtics, it just seems like it's Cleveland, Boston, and then everybody else. I mean, that's what you're looking at. And and I'll be honest. I, I am one of the, the, uh, guys that you're talking about as far as believing in the 76ers and, you know, trusting the process, which that's not why I believed they were going to be a team that could, you know, be a dark horse in, in the Eastern Conference Finals or in the Eastern Conference Playoffs. The reason I like the 76ers is because of the pieces that they have. Their star players are really stars. And, and I I mean, Ben Simmons is going to be an absolute monster in this in this league. I really do believe that. Now, it's going to take him some time. Uh, hopefully, he can stay healthy. But I really do believe that two to three years from now, I think Ben Simmons could has the talent to be a top-five player in the league.
2: Absolutely. And I think I agree with you up to the point. I didn't think they would because I thought they were pretenders because they don't have enough time together right now. And, Cuervo, there is a difference when you don't have the guys, you know, developing that chemistry over time. It's the reason why you don't see the Las Vegas, you know, um, you know, the gladiators from Las Vegas doing it because you it takes uh-huh. time to develop chemistry. What's going on in Las Vegas as far as that is concerned completely goes against the norm. And the norm in basketball is is you need to have time to develop your players. And not only that, find out who are going to be the cornerstones of your franchise. And then most importantly, Cuervo, out of all that, we can sit here and talk about that all day long. But the most important thing at that point, Cuervo, is you've got to keep Uh them on the team. And when you can't keep them on the team or they decide to pick up and go – then you're just starting you know, starting all over again and trying to get it. So what Philadelphia has got to do is make sure they main, maintain the core of this team that is out on the basketball courts through the most of the game and make sure they stay. If they start getting guys picking up and leaving, it could be the same thing over and over and watch Philadelphia do exactly what they have been able to do within this series with Boston, which is pulled really, really quick.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the the good thing about the core of this basketball team is that they're extremely young, and, you know, they've, they've only been in the league for a couple of years. So Ben Simmons is obviously, he's still on a rookie contract. I believe Joel Embiid is still on his rookie contract. Uh, Markel Fultz was a rookie this year. So a, a lot of their main pieces are two years, maybe three at most, uh, in the league, and they're all still on rookie contracts.
2: So uh, that is huge you know for them. it's not it, it's as long as it, they don't not, make a dumb mistake and get rid of somebody because they get a quote unquote I, offer they can't refuse. You know I I don't I
1: honestly don't see that happening, Sonny. I I don't think that uh, the Sixers are you know set. They're selling their fans on you know trusting the process. Okay, here's the thing if they turn around and they trade away Joel Embiid or they trade away uh, Markel Fultz, then the question becomes, okay, well, what exactly was the process here? What what process were you talking about? Because in our mind, as a Sixers fan, we were thinking, hey, you know, and and nobody's going to come out and say it, but, hey, they, you know, they tanked a couple seasons and they get some good draft picks. And then from there, it's one of those things where they they start developing a strong core and, you know, you build around those core players. And then you got yourself a contender in the Eastern conference, because one thing that you can't stop in, in this world, uh, Sonny, is father time. Father time is going to catch up to LeBron eventually. And, and he's not going to be the same player that, that he was or that we know him to be. So with that said, I mean, if the Sixers were to turn around and do that, it just, it would just kind of leave you scratching your head thinking, well, what was the process here? Was it just building assets to get different assets? Like, that's why I don't see it happening. I don't, I don't see the Sixers getting rid of any part of their core, unless it's a guy that's older, that's coming up on a contract uh, that they, that they don't want to keep or whatever the case may be. So
2: I don't see them doing that. Is basically, what I'm saying. Looking at the what's going on as far as that's concerned, Boston kind of handling it right now, three and zero. Toronto and Cleveland, Cleveland three and zero up on that one. Uh, but today's games, it's over. It, it's over with Golden State, two and one over New Orleans. I'm surprised even New Orleans got a game there. But that having been said, that's all they're going to get. Houston and Utah, though, is a little bit different. I'm seeing the different Utah Jazz team, Cuervo. And Uh just the complete – almost the complete opposite in what we are seeing right now in reality with Philadelphia. We're getting what we want from Utah. And not only that, that is a game that I've actually enjoyed watching. This is a series that even though Houston's up 2-1 in this series, okay – and they have pretty much – I don't want to say they've handled the Jazz as they beat them 113-92. Um, granted, remember, that sc- the score itself is what happens, but the Jazz also uh, ponied up on them 116-108. So we're seeing some high scores and uh, differences in the scores of what's going on. The question will be, and and that, that is huge, when, when especially today, Utah home – they have got to get this victory at home in order to be in – because if they lose today, Cuervo, this is over. Uh, you can't go to Houston and and, and expect to win or when there's a game on the line, especially what's going on. So Utah is going to have to make Houston work at it.
1: Yeah, no, they are, and, and you're right. I mean, if they lose this game, you know, they're down 3-1, and the series is pretty much over. So
2: Absolutely. Um.
1: You know they they have to they have to take this thing two to two, and that way, you know, game five is, is just you know will will be the deciding factor in my opinion. So, yeah, and you know, Utah's in a bit of a hole, but I think they have a good enough team to.
2: I think they do too. Uh,
1: you know, to to make to make that threat and and tie the series at two, um, it's just going to have to come down to. Finding a way to stop James Harden because this guy, I mean, I, I've watched him play and, and it's almost like he his style is, is so basic, but yet he's very, very good at it, if, yeah. if that makes any sense. So he doesn't do anything spectacular, um, but what he does, he's probably the best at what he does, so... You have to you have to find a way to to get him out of his comfort zone and and make him do things he normally doesn't do, so
2: I mean Orville, the defense when, is going to happen. When Harden's to... on the court, when Harden's on the court, it, 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 he's on the court for in between thirty six and forty minutes a game, and, and, and unless you can figure out a way to get him in, in foul trouble and keep him off of the court. I don't know how the hell they're going to do it. Now, that having been said, when they beat them one sixteen to one oh eight, Guervo, James Harden, he played thirty six games, uh, thirty six minutes in a game, but he popped up thirty two. Okay, so you know you, you got to There's got to be a way if you're if you're Utah. By the way, Utah got that victory in Houston. So if it, it, you got to figure out a way to get. James Harden off the basketball court because you do get a drop off as much as I lo- and, and listen I love me some Chris Paul CP3 and listen CP3 probably you know as far as how he carries himself is about my favorite player in the NBA but with 35 minutes the difference between CP3 and James Harden is 10 points so those ten points are a big difference when you don't have them, and with these games, they're getting closer at the end of the games, and you can keep James Harden off the basketball court and stop him from scoring thirty-five, and you're only going to get twenty-three from CP3. You got to get it really big, but and I was going right to Ricky Rubio. You got these; these are the guys that you know if you're. If you're in a situation where you're going to get some, get some work from some players, it's going to be huge. So, oh, but yeah, but uh, Ricky Rubio, uh, I'm sorry, wrong wrong one. But you know where they, they they miss a Ricky Rubio big time. So that's going to be huge going on for the rest of this uh, th- this lineup here as well. Thanks. Uh, Todd mentioned that they really miss a R- Ricky Rubio bad.
1: Yeah, well, I mean he yeah, he is he is a big part of uh of what they do. So uh that you know point we all know point guards are are extremely important in today's NBA. So um uh, not not having not having that point guard definitely hurts.
2: Yeah, big time. And, and Utah needs them because they haven't seen I mean, I when did he go down? I know he has has he played at all in the playoffs or is he done for the season with Ooh. that injury?
1: I don't know about playoffs, I know he was there during the regular season, but I'm not hundred percent on if he's if he's played in the playoffs or not
2: yeah well no he i don't i know he have them played in this one let's see here I'm looking at it right here. He's actually questionable for game number four um I don't know if they're gonna mm-hmm. get it, but um and let's see here uh the whole round from what uh, Todd, uh from what Todd is telling us um and this is where it is he it, i'd say hamstring. And a back problem that's going on. Yes, returning and reoccurring. Uh, and he's also got a little bit um, – when, when your legs are away from you, that is huge. And you're also looking at a guy that, you know, you forget what – I mean, we talk about the most important I, – I remember back in the day we're talking about the most important position out on the basketball court is definitely your your middleman. It, 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 uh-huh. The game has changed, Cuervo. It is all about your – your guy, it's all about the guy. Can he get you? You know, get the ball up and down the court, and also can he score? And that's what you get with Ricky Rubio. When you're missing that guy, um, it is—it's a big, big hole uh, for you as far as that's concerned. You're also taking that—you're taking a guy that normally plays about 32 minutes a game, 33 minutes a game off of the court completely, and you got to bring somebody else in to try to fill in for a guy has been in the league now for five years and he is getting his footing right now, right, right now in the league, actually he's been in the league seven years. So mark that. So, I mean, you talk about you take that veteran off of the court and the experience that he has, it really hurts him.
1: It definitely does.
2: And, and that's, you know, that is
1: always important to have, especially in the playoffs, you got to have the guys, you want the guys out there that have experience and, and and have that, that uh, you know that. I guess I don't know if I want to call Ricky Rubio a leader, but he does, you know, so show a little bit of leadership. You know, the thing is, like I, I just I when I think of Ricky Rubio, I remember all the injuries and, and the things that he went through, and it's it's pretty, you know, amazing to see slow comeback and he's starting to uh, absolutely be the player that everybody thought he was going to be. And, and uh, you know it's a, it's a little later than expected, but you know it, it kind of makes you wonder. Like you know, do you think Minnesota maybe regrets
2: pulling they the trigger and, and and letting this guy go? They have to. They have to really regret that because I mean. And, and by the way, you know, when when you're when you're in Minnesota. You're in a cesspool up there, as far as basketball is concerned. They, they, they have no, it, it, they have no direction up there, and that's one of the problems that are going on in Minnesota. When, when it, it's almost like, a no, if you get drafted there, because there's no direction of the franchise. So when, when you get direction now. Utah didn't necessarily have the direction, but when you add the counterpiece of Ricky Rubio, that could lead them in the right direction. I think, yes, Cuervo, they are definitely – in Minnesota, the Timberwolves are definitely missing Ricky Rubio. But that was a problem between the coach and the player. Well, depending on what you believe, Cuervo. That was, that, But I think it was because of the fact that this is a guy that wanted to be in the game. This is the guy that did not want to be on the side. And he knew his value, and I don't think the coaches realized it because if you looked at the numbers that this guy played, he was only averaging about 30 minutes a game. Now that he's moved up to about 37, 38 points a, a game, he becomes that guy that – that a team depends on to make plays, whether it's the big bucket at the time or being able to dish it at the time that he needs to, because this guy's an assist machine when he gets the opportunity. Yeah, well, and
1: that's the thing when he gets the opportunity. So, yep. you know, there hasn't been many opportunities, uh, but you know, hopefully he could he can get bounce back from the injury, come back and and get that opportunity because I think I think he can still be a very solid player in this league. It's just. You know, it comes down to can he stay healthy and can he, uh, you know, show that he still has the ability to be a, a good point guard in this league.
2: Yep. I think he does. And I, I think Utah better hold on to him and keep him right there and then maybe try to build around him, And then they can be in the playoffs for the next three or four years. Uh, that's going to be good. So I, I like the series. I like what's going on. I would love to see, I, I don't see the jazz winning today, uh, but I would like to see it. It would just kind of make it a very interesting day. Um, you know, it, but they are at home so they got the opportunity to do so. But, I mean the Pelicans. First of all, you already know what Sonny thinks about the name. It's the worst. It's the worst nickname for any, ever, ever, not you know, ever. I, I cannot think of any major sports name that is worse than the than the New Orleans, uh, New Orleans Pelicans. But in th- that aside, um, I think what they're doing, Cuervo. I, when I watch the Pelicans and just it's just the way they're losing games, uh, you know. Even though they got a 19-point victory against Golden State, I, I don't think anybody was even interested in being in that game in reality because they stole one from them. So, you know, they didn't even mm-hmm. care if they even got that victory because they knew what they were going to do at home, you know. So, 121 to 126 at, uh, or 121 to 116 when they got them there um, at home. So, I think if they, if they pulled this one off over there, you know, but Everybody's – I've been actually reading a lot of negativity right now about Golden State, and I don't get it. And maybe it's because maybe there's not as much, quote, unquote, LeBron hate for the guys that are playing, whether it be Curry. By the way, Curry, you know, in that victory against New Orleans um, back in game number two, Curry had 28 points, but he's uh, 27 minutes. And Golden State is so smart. They're bringing their guy back but they're bringing him back slowly. He doesn't need to be out on the court for 38 minutes in order to beat this basketball team. And that is one of the great things about Kerr. I mean, sometimes you get slapped in the face. When you're the Golden State Warriors, you don't have to have Stephen Curry out on the basketball court for 38 minutes in order to win if you're playing New Orleans. Uh, you know, honestly, Sonny, I'll even take that a step
1: further. I really don't think you need him at all. I, that, that's how weak... I think New Orleans' backcourt is. Backwards. I don't think you you need to worry about Steph Curry playing in this series at all. I think they're going to be just fine without him. So, if you're Steve Kerr, I think you could really consider, eh, maybe we sit him out a couple of games. Maybe we get him ready to go for the Western Conference finals, because I don't see, I don't see them having any type of trouble with uh, New Orleans. I just – I just think their backcourt is so bad. They'll be fine without him. Did I lose you, Sonny? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, did, I did a query ball. I was on mute. Um, but <laughs> when I look at this, you know, the last game, Stephen Curry out on the basketball court, only 28 minutes, 19 points. You know, really didn't necessarily you know you know need that. Um, I, I like the way they're doing it. Why? It's because it, it, they're just a smart basketball team, Cuervo. And when when you have, but it does help when you got Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's has got to go in there, and Draymond Green. I mean, those two by themselves, without Curry, win basketball games, and they'd be in the playoffs if Stephen Curry didn't even hit the court. So, you're, you're talking about a totally different basketball team when you can get Stephen Curry in there. And why not bring him in for a couple of minutes so he can get his feet up underneath him? Because this next series, Cuervo, is going to be the one, you know. You, you. Now, if Utah figures out a way to beat Houston, which I don't think is going to happen, it's going to be another take walk for him. But if Houston comes in there, they're slowly bringing them back and getting ready for the Houston Rockets without questions, then he can put in that 32, 34 minutes a game until he, look, not on the court right right and you know
1: and I don't see that happening either it's probably going to be Houston and uh, Golden State as we all suspected it was going to be from the start so um, but now that the time has arrived and and it's actually you know playoff time um, you know things change and, and situation changes obviously with Curry and whatnot but you know, yeah. I, I think that uh, you know. Again, I think that if there's any question in in the front office or the coaching staff of Steph Curry's health, I really don't. I really don't see a need to you know send him out on the floor. And that's why he's probably. That's probably why he's only playing 20 minutes a game. At the same time, though, why even risk it? I mean, this is a team that you can easily. Get by without the services of Steph Curry. So,
2: absolutely. I honestly,
1: I, I honestly, that's why I honestly believe like there should be no, no type of, uh, of, uh, hurry or any type of, you know, no sense of, of, uh, urgency to, to get him on the floor playing because right now they're, they're fine without him. So, I don't absolutely. Know, I, 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 I just, I just think they have to evaluate the situation the whole big picture of of what's going on and and make a a smart choice on whether we're going to send our star player out there. And if we are, you know, do we keep doing the 20 minute thing or, or, you know, do we just sit them out just to be on the safe side?
2: Right. And, And also look at the golden state warriors where they're at right now, you know, no Curry. I mean, but I think the glue that really holds this team together is Draymond Green. He's just that different player. He's the difference maker out on the basketball court. And we already saw when you don't have Draymond Green in the in the game, you don't win championships. Of course, we, we, you know we can talk about whether the guy should have been suspended or not, or whatever the case may be. It that that's ancient history. But when he wasn't on that court, Cuervo, that that. Mm-hmm. It, just, it it made the difference I, I really honestly when I look back and I see the chance that is one move that yes, I want see as a guy who does what I do, I want the commissioner to take the step and do what he did regarding draymond green when he uh kicked him out of that next game um for his for for what happened down on the court and I get it and I completely understand it, and I actually completely support it but with Green not on the basketball court, the Warriors would have won that championship. You can't convince me differently. And you can go back. I, I was listening to some crazy person talking that no one remembers Draymond Green not being out on the basketball court when the Cavaliers won that championship. I want to know who he's talking to because he's not talking to. Listen, if I know Draymond Green, listen, I'm not a basketball connoisseur per se, especially during that time, but. I even know now Draymond Green wasn't in that vital, pivotal game that made a big difference in order for the Cleveland Cavaliers to win that championship. So I don't want to hear about how people don't look at whether it's a quote-unquote injury or a suspension on a vital player because that Draymond Green move and having him not available for that game – Totally turned the corner for the Cleveland Cavaliers to do what they had to do. And then, of course, LeBron James look, looks like a, a hero coming back and doing what he did. I remember it like it was yesterday. So, I, And not only that, Guervo, I've been hearing a lot of people saying that they don't remember. And it, is it just stick in my mind? Or have you forgot that Draymond Green wasn't out on the basketball court when they didn't win that championship?
1: Well, I don't I don't think it was for game 7 he was suspended. I think it was like game 5 or 6. So
2: Correct and they were and they could they could have nailed the uh, put the nail in the coffin in that game.
1: Uh yeah, no, you're I mean that is true. So you do bring up a good point. Um I think that any real any real knows. And they were at home knows, if I'm though, not
2: mistaken. If, if I'm not mistaken they, they were at home. You know what? That part
1: I don't remember, Sonny. I mean, it's been three I'll look, years I'll look now. But, at that. Um, but I will say that any any true basketball fan knows that there was no way in that circumstance, in that situation, that Draymond Green was going to get away with with uh, uh, putting his hands on on the Queen himself. So that's that's exactly <laughs> why that suspension went down the way it did. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying Draymond Green is. Is he kind of is punk? But you're right, though. He's the guy that you
2: need that punk
1: kind <clears> of. <throat> well, you do because it, it 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 keeps that character on that basketball team. You know, you got to have character. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people don't embrace. Or did not didn't embrace the San Antonio Spurs back in the day because they didn't have a guy like that that had absolutely the character that you have with the Draymond Green or or back when uh, uh, the Bulls had Dennis Rodman or or when or the Pistons had Dennis Rodman and Bill Laimbeer and those guys there, there there was there was character there there was a persona with those teams. Now it's the same thing with Golden State. You know you've got. Time MVP, and I think he won it twice with Steph Curry. Uh, you know, you got uh, a guy in Durant who's won an MVP, and then you've got Draymond Green, who just kind of is is the uh, uh, you know the blue collar guy on that on that basketball team. Get does the dirty work inside. So, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like him because of his attitude or some of the things that he, he says and whatnot. And, and I get it, you know. I, I, I kind of get aggravated with a guy like that too, uh, but at the same time, he does bring a lot to the table when it comes to to the game.
2: I was and I was inaccurate. The they Golden State Warriors were on the road during that uh, during that game, uh, and that was game. He was suspended for uh, mark that. No, they were at home. I I, I misunderstood. Um, so he they were at home. Uh, for the uh, for that game, so that that make that makes a it makes a huge difference. Like you know, for them not for them to be on the road, it was it wasn't any great big deal. But that game in reality was a big big time thing because they were at home and they had the lead. They could have they they could have just knocked that thing away um, and and actually cleared it out, Cuervo. Because uh, the Cavaliers got their second win in that game and it uh, put them at three and two If golden state would have won that game. They would have wiped Cleveland out of the playoffs. So, um, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's where all that ends or, or wipe them out of the, uh, wipe them out of the thing. So that, that was a huge, that was a huge play and you want to talk about making a, making a move coming from the commissioner to make a move. That is a, and I'm going to tell you, at the, time, at the time, I was like, well, maybe you shouldn't do that during that. But at the same time, I'm also looking at it and saying, I think it was the right call as far as if, what kind of precedent that you're setting within the league. And within the league, you have to set the precedent. And if you're afraid to make that precedent or afraid to make the move to make the league correct and fair for everybody – um, then, then the backbone has to be questioned. So the fact that the commissioner at that time sat him down, Cuervo, that was a big, big, big-time move. Sat him down, you said? Yeah, sat Draymond Green down in that game. Um, yeah,
1: no, absolutely. But, I mean, again, I, I, you know, I have my personal feeling on it. Um, I think it's because of who the incident was with who it involved, and I'll just give you a prime example. Let's, you know, let's ask an honest question here. If that tangle up, because I kind of remember the incident, you know, know, if that was something that would have happened with, say, Kevin Love, do you think the outcome would have been the same? Do you think that Draymond Green would have gotten suspended or – do they would they have said, Oh, you know what? It's just physical basketball, it's the NBA Finals. Hey, we're gonna brush off to pretend. Well not pretend, but we're just gonna
2: brush it off and, and
1: you know, we're gonna go on with the with the uh, with the series.
2: I don't know, man. Right, let's... I don't I I I, I don't know. I, I here's what I say. I I would hope so. But guess what? I, I don't think we have the same commissioner as we do now in in or, or was it? Um that that if, if yeah, if silver was commissioner. so I would say then I would say yes because I I'm going to tell you right now the best thing that happened to the NBA is silver being the commissioner of that league right now. I I, I am I am so impressed with the work that he has done for for the league that I, he's in my eyes he's the most valuable player of the NBA. In reality, he's bringing this league back and he's hey listen. He, he, he's never going to be a Roger Goodell, meaning bringing in the amounts of money that the NFL is. But as far as the amounts of money that, that he has during his tenure and where it's headed, which by the way, there is no in, in sight for it. Um, he, he's uh-huh. definitely done the right thing for the league in those decisions, whether I, I think if it was Kevin Love, I think he would have done it. I think, you know, but you know, if it was the commissioner before, and his name is slipping my mind, I can see his face. David I don't Stern. Think that, I, Stern, I don't think that move would have been made. I don't think it would have been, and Cleveland probably would have won that game, won that game, and won the championship in the next game.
1: You know, that's a good, that's an interesting point, Sonny, because <clears throat> I think that was the biggest criticism on David Stern is is that <clears throat> he. I was never a hammer guy, like to lay the hammer down. Honestly, I I think his focus was in a lot of the wrong places as commissioner, in my opinion. Uh, for example. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, for example, okay, we're talking about this incident, right? Where we're talking about, I don't want to go. With, I don't know if I should go as far as saying the safety of players, but at the same time that incident could have led to something bigger had Draymond Green not get suspended because it would have, it would have carried over the next game and it would have created that, that, you know, big ball of tension. You know what I mean? So, in a way, like, it, it was good that that suspension happened. Stern probably wouldn't have done it, but that wasn't his realm. The thing that Stern, David Stern, he was more concerned with other things that really weren't relevant to the league. Like, like, for example, he was so adamant about changing the dress code of, yep. of NBA players. Let's, I mean, come on, Sonny, we're not ESPN. Okay. Let's be totally honest. Is that even relevant to the NBA to the game itself about how guys you know dress to a game if they're not playing let let's honestly now I'm not saying there shouldn't be a dress code but the the, the amount of focus and the amount of effort that
2: he put into
1: changing the the image of the game of basketball he should have took that energy and focused it towards what was going on the floor during during his games that were being played not what's happening off the floor does that make any sense at all i don't know if i'm making any sense here, it makes perfect sense, sense to me okay well that that was that was my take on it is that his focus was in the wrong place he wasn't focused on the things that were going that were going on on the court he was focused on things off the court, and, and, yeah, and I and I think that's where his duties as commissioner kind of
2: spiraled the wrong way. Well, I'll tell you when I didn't see it, as, you know. I I remember when this whole thing went on, and I remember when it was handed down about the dress code, about players not playing, and and I just remember going to at the time a Phoenix Suns basketball game and seeing guys that weren't playing were wearing sports coats over over t shirts and jeans, and the big deal from Stern was they want that sport coat on, Um, and the shirt uh, no it wasn't a tie or anything you know it it had to be some kind of collared shirt or whatever but they were wearing Mm -hmm. blue jeans now whether or not they got fined for you know through the games that I went and seen while they were doing it and certain players in particular. Uh, you know if they didn't follow that dress code and got fined for it afterwards from what I seen personally seen out of the, uh when I went to those games I don't know but I'll, I'll say that yeah the the decision to do it it was not taken seriously from the players and what they did is in reality mocked it with what the decisions that were done wearing blue jeans or baggy uh baggy um denim uh, you know you know over a sport to, under a sport coat and things like that uh, you know it it was almost a slap to the face to it and that's what the the message they were trying to send now i don't know like i said i don't know if stern got back up on it and fined him for being stupid um or if the sport coat was just enough. But that was the big deal about that. They wanted him to wear a sport coat. I remember that because I remember looking at the player going, Boy, he still looks like hell. Um, if you're trying, in, in, here's the thing in sports, this is real simple. If you're an active player or whatever the case may be, I, I don't see long, anything wrong with wearing gear from your team, whether it be the sweatsuits that they have. On before the game, or whatever the case may be, I don't see and that's, the reasoning of the problem, and that's what you're talking about, Cuervo. Yes, and that
1: and that's what I'm, that is what I'm talking about, Sonny. You know, Stern was more worried about punishing guys that were, you know, uh, uh, doing things off the court. And I'm not saying don't address that stuff, but that's that should be like the 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 uh, the, the secondary problems that you handle. That's not your, that shouldn't be your primary uh, uh, focus. Your primary focus should have been, how do we improve the league itself? You know, do we, do we lower the amount of games? Do we change the rules on resting players? These are the things that Adam Silver is addressing. These are the things that he's focused on. And that's what should have been happening, you know, 10 years ago.
2: Um, well and that's the part that you might have forgot. There was one incident where David Stern, if I'm not mistaken, this is by my brain, but I kinda remember the only one that he was and this was regarding um if I'm not mistaken the Spurs when they when they sat all those players back in the day. Um and and Stern I think if I'm not mistaken, find him like a quarter of a million for not playing Monty Ginobili, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan and things like that. Uh, from my understanding and what it was is they didn't even the trip if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, well actually well we'd have to look it up, Sonny, but and that might have been when Silver had just taken over because that's when it started becoming uh a big issue is is when uh, Stern,
2: Stern had, was, was had his foot out the door, or let him me look. Let left. me see if I can find this because I could have swore that was like in 2011, 2012. Uh, but I'll look that up. And the and, only, uh, I'll tell you, I will
1: tell you, Sonny. The only time I I remember that I saw Stern really lay down the hammer on somebody uh, on the court was that incident with Ron Artest in Detroit.
3: Well, and that was yes. an
1: extreme measure. That, but that yes. it took an extreme measure like that for him to be a disciplinarian for things going on the court. So I, I don't know. I, I guess I guess I just, you know, I, I'm a little critical of of David Stern, just like most well, people. Well, you, you know, have plenty of
2: whether it be the whether it be the nineteen eighty five draft lottery that he screwed up and, and things of like that or when he did suspend players, if i'm not mistaken, it was the uh oh god it was the um uh, i think it was the heat in the Knicks. I remember there was a big thing he he there was a brawl with, with within that one as well um but oh here it is i I was correct this was in two thousand and thirteen about the about the um uh, Spurs, uh, they didn't even travel to a game that they were on the road, and it was Tony Parker that didn't travel, Tim Duncan and Monty Ginobili didn't even make the flight to go out to it, and they fined them $250,000 for it because Pop rested them, um, and that started up the big one. But I think you're right, Guervo though, though, That one and the one, it was, it was back in, uh, against the Miami Heat, and the New York Knicks, I think, was a there was some yeah. kind of things going on. Um, if I'm not I remember mistake, that fight, Yeah, but.
1: yeah, I remember that. It, it was, uh, oh god, it, it was during a free throw attempt, and all of a sudden, you see, I think it was Alonzo Mourning that was like flipping a dude over, and, and then it just kind of went all the hell from there. <laughs> I remember that incident because I was, you know, obviously I was heavily, uh, you know invested in in basketball. This was the mid-90s, so obviously I was watching all the games.
0: And um, <laughs> I remember it. Different times,
1: time.
2: And you know and, who hey, else hey, Cuervo, You can almost arguably say that that incident right there could have caused the change of, you know, the fouls and everything else, you know, as far as <laughs> what goes out on the court, what's acceptable and what isn't. Because now that you say that, I remember because that was during the days. That was during the days when basketball was physical. Oh yeah, and and I think the other guy that was involved
1: was none other, none other than Charles Oakley himself. So. Oakley. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
2: that, that guys always that guys always and I I just but we go back to the, the fact that you got to have a punk on your team I think sometimes depending on your team you have to have that punk on your team to be good. Draymond Green fits that role perfectly over in sure does. in uh, Golden State. Oh man, I mean he is he is just when He's the oh no I I won't even go there I was gonna say something stupid one of those old ones thebomb.com. dot com that's what that guy is I mean for him in reality yeah I know that was bad um, but uh, <laughs> when, when you got the importance of physical on your basketball team I think that just makes you that much better at least in my personal opinion on what I watch
1: well I mean I think you you still have to have that even though that even though the league is league has changed and it's not so much physical up front anymore, you know, getting buckets in the paint. You know, it's become a three-point shooting type of league now. You still yeah. have to have that, though, because, I mean, you still got to you – no, know, despite despite uh, how the game has changed, you still have to win the rebounding battle. I mean, yes. no matter what happens in the game of basketball, Sonny, I mean, one thing that will always be a constant is that you will always – you always, always, always have to focus on winning the rebound battles because if you don't do that, that's just like in the game of football. I mean, extra possessions are always a good thing. So, yes, the same thing with basketball. You know, if you can get extra possessions, you get offensive rebounds. I mean, that you can't really uh, ask for much more than that. I mean, you know, maybe make make, make uh, more shots, uh, have better field goal percentage, but uh, and. If you're off on your
2: game, though, the offensive rebounds will always be there to back you up. Absolutely. so and there's a lot of things that are going on as far as that in within the game. I agree with you, 100 percent. so all right, now what we got to do, we do need to take a break. There's a couple of reasons why I, you know number one, we we beat up basketball today, which is normal. we normally give it about 30 or 40 minutes, but this time we knocked it out of the park. We did good, so knocked out to the NBA. But what's on the other side, Cuervo? There's a lot of NFL talk. There's a lot of other things going on in sports that always. we need to definitely. Oh, 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 oh! Always, we we got to get that up there. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take that quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, about four or five minute break. When we come back, we're going to get into some of the NFL. And again, let's preface this, Cuervo. Is you have no idea what subjects I'm going to bring up, do you? No, absolutely not. We do, we don't talk to each other before the show. And we don't talk we just want to know what time we're going to be on air. And this is going yes. to be good because I I and I I just love calling our show could be called you know uh, um that being said or just off the cuff. That's just what we're going to do here. Off the cuff stuff. NFL, it's you know unfiltered you know you know we don't have to worry about you know someone saying something bad about a football team we're going to do it on the other side we're going to get into the NFL and some good stuff should I tease something let me I'll, I'll tease something if you don't have one of these streaming uh streaming uh accounts you are missing something really, really big this year, and we'll talk about that on the other side. you got to hang out to find out what it is. We'll do that on the other side here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Of course, it's that being said. Our Sunday morning tradition continues as we talk real sports. We'll be right back. This is Sunday Clock Radio Voice, at so you're Rowlett Eagles letting you know about perfection body sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles, or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 consultation includes a 30-minute session of laser lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. In 1998, Scooters Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive-through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is amazing people serving amazing drinks amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel jam. So make sure you check out Scooters Coffee located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive-thru so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooters Coffee located in Rowlett. Buying or selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit them on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not an I, chadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special, two weeks in a free uniform for nineteen ninety nine. That's right, nineteen ninety nine gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done? Residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified, licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price. And good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electrical a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Mm. All right, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports much. Show. It is me, Sonny the- Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as we are here on our Sunday morning tradition. That is that being said. And, uh, you know, that moment when you go ahead and go to break and you walk in to that coffee pot and realize you didn't turn the damn thing on. (laughs) It's going to be an interesting time until we take our next break. That having been said, here we are. Folks, I gotta tell you, you, you need to get it. it, it I, I, I'm a Hulu guy, boy. I'm. I, I love Hulu. Matter of fact, I Hulu with no commercials is is the is just awesome. That having been said, if you are an Amazon Prime member, you've got to get over, and you've got to watch All or Nothing with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm gonna tell you right now, Cuervo. This one here. And a lot of times I don't like watching them, you know, because they know the cameras are there and everything. But, you know, some of these, you know, sometimes you just forget that the cameras are there or they're hidden camera, which a lot of times in in this one that we're watching now, if you're watching the Dallas Cowboy one, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, this one's good because sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times they have completely forgotten that those cameras are there. And, and this, from last year, Quervo, the big story out of Dallas, in reality, is losing their main wide receiver, that being Des Bryant. And you want to know what kind of guy Des Bryant really is? I know personally. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching this, by the way. Okay, this is season three of All or Nothing. This one's with the Dallas Cowboys. That, if you get the opportunity, it, it, you have a Amazon Prime, Go watch this, and you'll see how this guy is all the time. This is the way he is. If there's not a camera in front of him or he's got to do the quote-unquote politically correct thing, questioning coaches, being the aggravating pain in the ass that he is, I'm sorry, he is. But Cuervo, guess what? You get this guy. Now, first of all, do you have Amazon Prime, Cuervo?
1: Um. I did, Sonny. I I, I just recently uh, got rid of it, but. um you know, yeah, I, I've heard of the show. I know
2: of the show. Uh, thirteen dollars, spend it. Spend it. It'll be the best thirteen dollars that you'll ever spend. So Cuervo, when we get done with Ooh, the show, hop up there. I don't know about that, best. Sonny. Hey, hey! If you want, I, the reason and the reason being this is because. I think at least in this one, because I've watched the other one by the other ones, by the way, they had one with the Michigan Wolverines, of course, I watched that one, and then the first one, you know, in reality was the it, well, when I first started watching it was was the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I have not watched the Rams one yet um, because I heard you know a lot about it that I didn't like. Um, but I am going to watch it because I got really, really hooked into the all or nothing. So I watched the Dallas Cowboys one. Then I watched the Arizona Cardinals, and this was back in 2016. Then I'm going to watch the Rams one. I haven't watched this one was the done, the one that was done last year. Um, so um, I'm going to watch that one. But th- that alone might be worth the $13 uh, this month. To be a prime member, so Cuervo, if you got the opportunity, check it out. But what it does, and it's one of the things right here with my locals, right here, okay, my locals. That, you know, there's a lot of love for Des Bryant. There really is, and and frankly, a lot of people, you know, and and I don't know if it's because here in 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 Texas. They can look at what's happening out on the football field and forgive you for everything else that you have done. They can do that in this state. Hell, all you got to do is take a look at that little punk that came out of Texas A&M, okay, um, and, and other players. Um, that, of course, is the subject of what I'm talking about. Des Bryant and his attitude. If you listen to the show, listen, I've met, I've, I'm personal with this guy. I've met him. He is a complete and utter jerk. And then he's putting it out there on this all or nothing of the guy that he really is. Guys, that's not an act that you're giving us. Sometimes these players will step up and and turn into actors on this thing. You're not getting that with this all or nothing. So Cuervo, you've got to get this. But the point is, is that who is going to pick up this Des Bryant guy I mean, especially after what he put out on that all and nothing, and of course you've got to see it and you don't know about it, but he's just showing, my dad used to call it showing his ass is what he's doing. He's showing how much of a punk he really is. What team is going to take a shot on a Des Bryant?
1: Um, Well, I mean, you still got the prime suspects out there, Sonny, but I I mean, until he signs with a team, and if and if it's not the Washington Redskins, I still say he's going to be a Redskin. I don't know what they're waiting on, uh, but what I will say is that I think they're the one team that are going to, that's going to be willing to give him a chance uh, to redeem himself as a player. He'll get his revenge on the Cowboys, and at the same time, they're, they're the team that's going to give him the money that he wants. So that's why I still believe that the Redskins are a team that, that are still definitely in the mix, even though they don't get talked about. Uh, the, other, the other, I guess, teams that uh, possibly could, could look at him, I mean, the Giants have, have shown no interest. Uh, you know, that, that rumor has came and gone. So you can forget mm-hmm. about the Giants. But, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like the Philadelphia Eagles are very interested. They've got problems of their own. Uh, with a couple of guys that they that they just brought in. And, you know, I mean, I I still say, I think another team that really nobody has said much about but could still be a uh, a possibility. Uh, and, and it's, you know, too bad Tarvin's here because I'd like to get his thought on his Carolina Panthers. I think they're a team that could be uh, someone that's quietly interested in Des Bryant.
2: And there's been a lot of us, and I, I still believe, even though there's reports out there all day long, okay, and that the Cowboys are not interested in bringing it back. Jerry Jones, he's known as a guy that sometimes really puts it out there and you can believe what he says. But when it comes to players and personnel, you know, I don't believe him. And Now, when it comes to NFL stuff, meaning things that affect the league, I, I the league. I listen to Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones sometimes can't keep his mouth shut on what he thinks he knows and what he should or should not put out there. But when it comes to players, you know, I don't believe anything that Jerry Jones says about players. Okay. You know, and and not only that, Tony Romo still stands up for this Des Bryant in the locker room. I, you know, I, okay. You, you, you want to go ahead and stand up for him in the locker room, in his presence, in the locker room. All right, take the locker room out of it. All right, Des Bryant in meetings and everything else causes problems, and that's what this video, uh, these videos are showing about what Des Bryant's like and, and how hard it is. And you know, I don't know if you've heard the term Cuervo, but when you got to walk on eggshells around a certain guy it makes life it makes life 10 times harder because you can't get the continuity of a football team altogether because of one guy and Des bryant is this guy and he has that money. now granted a lot of people want us to say hey you know this is a guy that's just so confident in his game he's just that arrogant but When you haven't been able to prove it lately, and that's all you got to do is take a look at the last couple of years, look at his numbers, and look what he's producing, what he hasn't produced, regardless, whatever the reason you may think it is, he still is not garnering the money that he's wanting, and not only that, the guy turns down a contract from a guy that is considered that franchise quarterback. He turns down a two year deal with the Baltimore Ravens because he has got such an attitude to the Dallas Cowboys. When in reality, Cuervo, this guy should be on his hands and knees kissing the feet of Jerry Jones that this guy's even got the money that he got in the first place.
1: Yeah. Which that kind of surprised me that he turned down that offer from the Baltimore Ravens because, you know i i mean he has not gotten another offer since you know that that's the way i look at it is is maybe teams are looking at him like oh you're too good to uh uh you know consider you know an offer i don't i don't know i'm i'm maybe people have a bad taste in their mouth about des bryant just because of the fact that he turned down uh, uh, you know an offer that i'm sure was very good but, you know, I mean, you have to look at it from Dez's standpoint, too. It's like, you, you have to, I mean, that's not what he wants. So, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with going out and getting what you want? Not, well, you, you have to take this because the league says you do or because, you know, that's what, that's what somebody else says. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be held against him is what I'm, what I'm saying. That The fact that he turned down the offer from the Baltimore Ravens it did kind of surprise me though because if i if I remember correctly sonny that it was a pretty good offer that the Ravens uh put on the table for him.
2: well, I'm looking that up just as you expected because you know I'm not sure of it, but all I want to know is is how do you turn down getting the ball from from a guy that can get you the ball? And I'm going to tell you Joe Flacco will get you the ball if you can if he can decide to trust you and cuervo here here it mm-hmm. is the three he, he here it was he was scheduled to make twelve and a half million over the next two seasons with the cowboys okay um but the deal from the Ravens, and let me just slide this down here the deal from the Ravens. Uh well it it just just said what he made uh what was that number I I gotta continue looking at because I'm with you Cuervo. you know yes even though it's a multi-year contract um um mm-hmm. I don't understand I mean the the Ravens are a good football team they play in a great division and hard nosed football and things of that sort I I just you know. I, I got to ask myself, what, what, what is he actually doing? What, and what then why is he doing it? And I'm wondering if he's consumed by revenge from the Cowboys, which he shouldn't have any revenge at all, in my opinion, of course. This is a team that stood by this guy when he was, when he was punking it out. I mean, out, out on the football, this guy was a huge and total pain in the ass. And the Dallas Cowboys stood by this guy, and now he wants "quote unquote" revenge, or wants to get back at them for what making you a multi-million dollar uh, millionaire? Oh, because they put him as a um, put him on the franchise uh, contract for two years. I mean, you know, I mean, he still made you know big time money. Um, So I want to know what he's talking about as far as why he would want any kind of revenge against the Dallas Cowboys. To me, it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, it it doesn't. Um, Somewhere along the line, Sonny, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's not always about the money, and maybe that's, what Des Bryant is trying to get at is look financially hey, the Dallas Cowboys did me right. And and I, and, and I'm sure he appreciates that. I think there's other parts that he didn't appreciate, you know, just maybe there were other things that were, I don't know, promised if you want to say to him. Yeah. And they, they didn't follow, they didn't follow through on those promises or, uh, he was told that he, you know, he would, uh, you know, as far as game plans for, for games during, during each week, uh, you know, maybe he was told that he'd get the ball more often or whatever, because that's the other thing too. There's two things that wide receivers love, Sonny. They love their money and they love to get the ball and and, and he was getting his money. Uh, So the other thing that he wasn't getting, as we all saw was the ball. And I think that's what was really ticking him off. So, um, I think the, fa- the, the, the fact that they were slowly phasing him out of the game plan for the Dallas Cowboys is what really kind of set him off because, you know, let's face it, you know, wide receivers, they're known for having the egos. And when yeah. somebody questions your, your, your abilities or whatever, that hurts your ego. You know, when, when you when you get told – Hey, you're not the guy you once were, or you're not the best, or whatever the case may be. Like that, that that probably hurt his ego. And, and instead of being humble about it, he took he took it personal. And that's why, you know, I, I don't know if I've said this to you before, Sonny, but I will buy into your theory of him going back to Dallas the day Jason Garrett is no longer the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs>
2: Are you saying that there's a personality conflict with Des Bryant and, and Jason Garrett? I, I, oh, I, big time. It's an interesting you, – you, you, is that what you're saying? I, here's what I think. I, I'll be honest. I think it's – oh, man, I'm going to eat this one up. I think it's Dak Prescott's fault. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. This is real simple. When you get in your rookie quarterback and you did what uh, that that, that – Dak Prescott did in his first year, which was not really depend on a Des Bryant to be successful. Mm-hmm. That creates the animosity. Now now it goes to what you were saying. Now Jason Garrett might be calling the plays that it's a little bit better for him to take more opportunities with different people. So maybe the animosity that comes from that – but it might, have been Des, or it might have been Dak Prescott's fault because of the play calling, which, by the way, has been taking a major hit as it has for the last three years. Everybody questions the play calling from the Dallas Cowboys, especially offensively. Hell, you can go back, you know, 10, 15 years. It's never been anything that has been something that has always been, hey, they're a great play calling team. No, they have not for the last 10 years. But when you go 13-3, Cuervo, I don't give a rip who's on your team. And, and if Des Bryant isn't getting the ball, because guess what? They were getting the job done without him. Now, that having not been said. Teams still had to focus in and remember Des Bryant out on the football field. Okay? But in that second year, when they didn't utilize him, they figured it out, Cuervo. You give those defensive coordinators time, he's not a decoy anymore. He's just a guy. And when they – put Des Bryant just as a guy instead of a weapon that's where that ego gets involved with it as well too but i think it's because Dak Prescott had so much success not throwing the ball to Des Bryant which is the reason why Des Bryant might go to Jason Garrett but i think that that is the fact that you don't want to have your football player do stuff that he can't do or do well and if, he, if it means not trying to press the ball to Des Bryant, you don't throw it that way because a lot of times Des makes those catches. And I got to give it to him. He makes some phenomenal catches. Okay. And mm-hmm. all, all you have to do is just watch him between Tony, Tony Romo and Des Bryant making some crazy catches that some guys can't play. But when you don't utilize them, the underutilization of Des Bryant is a problem. And that. It, so it's that Prescott's fault, even though it's not purposeful, it's just what works when you go thirteen when you go uh twelve and four or thirteen and three, guess what you're gonna continue doing what what works and last year they were just hampered by injuries and not having the right personnel out on the football field
1: yeah, that did hurt them a lot last year, but uh you know
2: honestly um
1: I know, maybe you could. May I? I see what you're saying. You know, you blame you're putting the blame on Dak Prescott because of the amount of success that he had his rookie season and whatnot. Um, if if I'm Prescott though, I would have maybe leaned on Des Bryant a little bit to say, you know, help me be successful. And I don't know if that's what happened, but when you have a talent like that, you don't let it go to waste. And I kind of feel like. That's what Dallas, in a way, did. I kind of feel like they they let that talent go to waste because Des Bryant. I mean, the thing. See, here's the thing. His talent is not what has declined. You know, Des Bryant can still go out there and, and be the same guy that he's always been. The problem with Des Bryant, Sonny, is his health. He just hasn't been as healthy as he as he normally is, and that's when the perception of Des Bryant starts to change. And that's just like with any wide receiver, okay? And I'm going to give you a prime example right here. Odell Beckham Jr. goes down last year, broken ankle, right? I'm telling you right now, sonny, if he goes down again this coming season, whether it's whether it's for one game, whether or well, maybe maybe not one game, but if it, if it 's an injury that's that 's bad enough that 's going to sit him out for at least half of a year i 'm telling you right now the New York Giants are going to start to shop him and i and I mean seriously shop Odell Beckham jr. all right all this remember about oh yeah yeah we'll, we'll, eh, we'll take two first round picks no, no no, no no, they are going to actively and aggressively shop Odell Beckham Jr. if he goes down again this year. why? because the perception of Odell will start to change. Man, you know, his his career started off. He was on fire, making catches with three fingers, you know, just doing things that we have never seen in the league before. But guess what? All that means nothing if he's not on the field and he's always hurt. Well, I wouldn't say he's always hurt. Yeah, he went down last year and, you know, this year. But that's two out of four seasons that you didn't have him. Think about the two years that you did have him and think about the production that you were getting from him. But all that doesn't matter anymore, Sonny. It's what have you done for me lately, as we always say. That's what the NFL is. It's a what have you done for me lately league. Now, if that happens, though, it's going to be the same thing. And I'm going to say the same thing. The New York Giants would be making a huge mistake. Uh, Odell by his health his recent health, okay, stuff happens, right? Uh, But you can't just assume because a guy gets hurt once or twice that his career is over. And I think that's the, the mistake that Dallas made. Now, I'm not saying he's worth $20 million a year. I will never pay a wide receiver $20 million a year. I would even hesitate to pay a wide receiver $10 million a year. The point I'm making, though, is that, I think they uh, they wrote Des Bryant off a little too soon in Dallas, and I think that's kind of why he feels like he needs to get revenge on them because, in his mind, he's still the same receiver he was four years ago when he was completely healthy, and now it's his mission to go out there and prove it. And I'll tell you something: I, it wouldn't surprise me if it happened
2: well it, this and this is what Todd says, and he says it's much as Jason Garrett's fault uh than anyone because of his weak, kiss ass boss um you know and and his ego um and he's saying that des bryant's ego um is the you know the combination with Ever all the other egos in reality that he has to see. But he said it's interesting. You never saw that with Randy Moss and Bill Belichick. Um, I think he might be right, Guervo. I, I think as far as the ego portion of it, Randy Moss was able to set that up. But guess what? They were getting the ball to Randy Moss. They, it's not the fact that they weren't. Um, and that's why, hey, you, 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 how do you keep Randy Moss happy? You give him the ball, and that's what they did. Uh, but here's the problem. But, it's, it's it's The difference is, mm-hmm. Cuervo, is that even though Randy Moss was a pain in the butt off the football field, when he was with New, with New England, he wasn't a problem then. The Dallas Cowboys yeah, have why? been dealing with this guy for eight years and his BS for the last eight years. Yeah,
1: Sonny, Sonny, you know, and, 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 and trust me, I mean, this is nothing against Todd's comments, and, and I we I appreciate him listening to the show and giving us feedback. The difference in those situations is Belichick and Garrett. It has nothing yes. to do with Moss and Bryant, okay? But what I'm saying is Jason Garrett is a, oh, well, does, you know, you just, you know, we haven't, we need you to, Try and, and and do better uh, next game. We we need you to try and do better. Uh, we, we need you to work with us, good. Bill Belichick's like shut your effing mouth, Randy. Get on that effing field if you want to win championships. Yes, sir. And poof, there yep. you go. The different. The, what I'm saying is, Bill Belichick is a no nonsense guy, and I think we all know yeah. that. Okay, absolutely. He's no not. He doesn't. He won't take. he. he I mean, he he blesses quarterback, uh, uh, you know, in practices, and you don't care who you are, you don't care yeah. what your, your your track record is. You want to win championships, you're going to do what the hell I say. Jason Garrett yeah. is more of a oh, does well. Please, 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 just Tate listen to me. what I'm telling you. Yeah, please listen to what I'm telling you. Like the hell, like that's the difference between. The situation in Dallas, and what you had in New England with Randy Moss and Bill Belichick,
2: and every wide in receiver that is Amazon, the same. in that Amazon Prime thing, you see a classic example of that in, in that in that show. I'm telling you, that's exactly what you see. You see, t- you know, coaches <laughs> catering to Dez Bryant. You know, they're in yes. a meeting, and Dez and Dez goes off instead of saying, "Hey, Dez, why don't you shut your mouth?" and watch what we're doing here and be a part of the team instead of putting it in here. I'm the coach of this football team, not you. Now, it, granted, it was the wide receivers coach he was lipping off at, but that's still, that it, it's the same thing. I don't think Bill Belichick would have put up with the Des Brian lipping off to one of his coaches, especially in a wide receiver meeting. And that's, you've got to see this. this. This is the explanation. And guess what? Once that's in circulation, and listen, every single football general manager has watched this if you're considering a Des Bryant, and they've seen what is going on behind the – we don't want no part of them. This is a case where Des Bryant's mouth is going to keep him out of the league, more so than the Colin Kaepernick's action. You know, his mouth is one thing. Okay, Colin Kaepernick's actions are what's keeping him off the football field, not what his mouth is saying. And Des Bryant's mouth is just keep is going to keep him off the football field. I, there's only one team I think that will go after Des Bryant, or you know, because I don't think I don't think Washington, New York, or um, Washington, New York, or uh, who am I missing? Within the NFC East. Who uh, oh, am I? That's all Philadelphia. They don't want him. They don't want him because they don't want him. And, and this is a classic example. And then it's going to come back later on. Oh, you know, he's got more talent than this guy. Why isn't he being picked up? I like Colin like Kaepernick. Okay, but the difference is, is that his mouth is. So it's going to be acceptable. You know, it's going to be acceptable, but we're still going to hear the story. Well, why wouldn't anybody? But now, right now, Dez Bryant has sunk his feet in concrete saying, I want to stay in the NFC East because he wants – he's consumed by rage and revenge. And after a team just did everything. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if I was Jerry Jones, the day that he came up and he hit his mother was the day that he would have been released, Jack, because character has to mean something. Now, Jerry Jones does not have that same feeling. That's the reason why that guy stayed on the football team. But what I'm going to tell you right now, I think a lot of teams would have been done with Des Bryant after the fact that he hit his mother. Just more than the fact of you know, of what it is. I mean, a, a disgusting human being hitting his mother, it, it, it's, it's pathetic. He's a pathetic human being, and he doesn't even have the, the – he doesn't deserve to get what he wants in the NFL. This guy will be lucky to get the league minimum playing, and if that happens, he'll be a Dallas Cowboys, because the Dallas Cowboys will take Des Bryant at the league minimum.
1: Well, I think a lot of teams will take him at the league minimum, Sonny. You're absolutely right. I, I Again, I, I'll, I buy into your theory. It's just Des Bryant has – Mm. You know, he he he. It's just like you said, him and and Garrett, it's it's a personality difference, or or it's a difference, it's a conflict of interest, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. But that's Bryant does not want to work with Jason Garrett. He it. it I mean, he and he made it public.
3: Uh, yeah, you know, that's the problem.
1: Well, you know what? The way I look at it, he's no longer a, uh, an employee of the Dallas Cowboys. So if if he wants to feel free to say whatever he wants about them, he has the right to do that. I mean, yes, yeah, he's still but... he's still an NFL employee, <laughs> and I understand that. But uh, at the same time, I mean, if if there's something he wants to say about Garrett, it's not his coach anymore. Yeah. Uh, maybe
2: that's just me though.
1: That's just me though.
2: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the Dallas Cowboys and the Des Bryant situation is working out because there's still a lot of things that, that still have to go on. And there's a lot of things that um, when, when you're going to make a decision to bring Des Bryant onto your football team, you, it's not just the player. You've got other things that, unfortunately, you have to worry about. And if you have to worry about a Des Bryant, that's going to be a problem. And, and Huge, huge stuff there That I don't think is there Oh, uh, by the way Just to let you know And little things that we're, we're going to talk about We are going to talk Major League Baseball Because there was something that came up That dug, dug me a little bit of the wrong way And this goes back to Sonny being old school And he understands it So we are going to talk a little Major League Baseball Before this show is over However, All right. we're talking about We're talking about football and that having been said, we're going to take a quick break here, Clairvaux. When we come back, I got a football-related story that we're going to talk about, although it doesn't necessarily involve football. I know, Sonny, you're not making any sense. Once we talk about it on the other side, I'm going to make perfect sense. You'll know what we're talking about, so we'll do that. We'll take that quick break here on the Couch with James McClick Show. When we'll come back, we'll talk about it on the other side. We'll be right back. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. That's five star HBAC contractors serving RELF 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 214 457 8441. Call the experts at five star HBAC contractors. This is Sunny Clark, Radio Voice, at your Rally at Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results.
0: We'll do it live We'll do it live Do it live I can go write it and we'll do it live (laughs) (laughs) Fucking thing Go, 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 go. It didn't work, did it? (laughs) I believe
2: it didn't work But great Great intro into the show It's that being said It's our Sunday morning tradition that continues Out on the football field now. Before we went to break, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit. And again, Cuervo and I—Cuervo has no clue where I'm going. I I don't think he even knows. Cuervo, do you have a clue which way I'm going? But I mean, I I, I teased it on the other side. But do you have any idea where I'm going? No idea, Sonny. But that's (laughs) why we're doing live. We're doing live. (laughs) Exactly. So here it is, guys. You know. Let me, first of all, before I get into it, I got to ask you a question. And I, I already know you know the answer. So this one here is just a setup in my mind more so than us getting on line before. Would you say, Cuervo, that the Washington Redskins are known to be a very smart franchise? Hey, hit that last button for me, please. Yeah, that's, that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I actually – I don't even know what happened to that. But, yes, I'm right there. In in, in atypical fashion, your Washington Redskins, and I put that out to your for your fans, you know, there are certain things that you do, and in today's world – well, this is not 1977 – this oh, now I Navy. know where you're going this. With is this. not 1995. Okay, Carva, we live in the day of 2018, where guess what? There are just certain things that you just don't do. Don't and the
1: do. Washington That's Redskins, right.
2: And the, and the Washington Redskins, they can't even get out of their way. Forget the football field They can't even do anything right when it comes to their what, Cuervo? They're freaking cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. My God, this is a football team that can't get out of its own way. They screw up a shoot, you know, first of all, in a different country. Hey, fine, wonderful. But you can't ask women of today, especially NFL cheerleaders, to walk around you are half buck naked. You just can't do it. I mean, you, there's an old saying: if it sounds as dumb as it sounds, okay, if, if it is as dumb as it sounds, you might not want to do it. And in today's day and age, with women and you know, and and where we are as far as employment there, everything else, how in the hell could the Washington Redskins not get out of their own damn way with this right here? It's called a swimsuit edition. It's not a bare-breasted edition. I mean, my God! I mean, what, what kind of what kind of lunacy can you do? And this one, this one's easy. Say it out loud. If it's as dumb as it sounds, you might not want to do it. Okay, we're going to have NFL cheerleaders uh, go to a different country and pose for a swimsuit model without their tops on. Listen. I'm not the I'm not the brightest guy in the world, Querbo, but sometimes you gotta be smarter than yourself. And in this case you need someone smarter. Whoever set this one up, you know, needs to first of all be fired. Second of all, the Ritkins are gonna pay out big. Because guess what? Women in this world now, they are not standing up to the nineteen nineties thinking of Tim Allen. And if you know what I'm talking about, uh, Tim Allen had one classic line in his stand-up, not in his show, but in his stand-up. He says, you know, it's great being a man because we own everything, which in turn means you make all the rules. Women nowadays are not putting up with that thought. 28 years ago when you can get away with thinking like that, well, the Redskins are completely out of their element when it comes to, to what is going on in today's world. and hey, Hey, Cuervo, I live in old days, okay? Sonny's mind is back in those days. But I even know you can't do stupid things like
1: this. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's so much to this story, Sonny. But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's just, you know, it's the – And, by the way, the Redskins Redskins are going to get hammered. And I mean hammered for this and it might not be by the league. Nope. It's just going to be their overall reputation. I mean, honestly they they might as well just forget about having a cheerleading squad on for that franchise I, because nobody's going to want to work for them. Are you kidding me? No. After hearing this, they're not yeah. going to have cheerleaders. I mean, they might as well go have you ever seen uh you ever seen the longest yard yeah, that's where they're going yes. to have to go find their cheerleading squad from. They're going to have to go over there and, and, and go recruit and prospect over there because they're, uh, the, the young, the young beautiful ones that, that are actual cheerleaders, they're not getting those. They're not they're not coming to Washington. There ain't no damn way. I'd be shocked oh, if they
2: did. Quirfo, I mean, I, 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 and this I will never get, although you're I, no, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. But this, 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 this body paint thing, okay, you, 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 just, <laughs> yeah. you just can't do this, okay, you just it's, it's can't insane. do this, it, 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 it's ridiculous, women's, it, listen, you want to bring down an organization, piss off some women, okay, and they, if you go back and look exactly. at history of the NFL, Cuervo, okay, you piss off women in the NFL, they will, they will rip you up, and they have done it. And it's because they have that poll. And why do they have that poll? Because guess what? It's not 1990 where guys can just be a guy, okay? And I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent, but being the guy in the 90s compared to 2018, they're two different men, Cuervo. And you know what I'm talking about, because even you, within the military, you, there are certain things that you could have maybe got away back in 1990 that you can't get away with today. It's a different world out there, Cuervo, and women's rights, is at the forefront of this country right now. And I'm going to tell you, what really hurts this is the progress that the wrestling women have made. If, if you've watched WWE lately, you're seeing women wrestling. And you're seeing wrestling, guys. You're not seeing a bunch of women going out there flashing their body. We're seeing very first-class wrestling, a very good product. And taking the and now, granted, they have the sexiness and everything else, but at least you're giving the quality. When you are doing this kind of thing, you're doing a photo shoot with cheerleaders. This is not about anything, what they made it about, which is uh, going to an adults-only situation uh, island. Which is, first of all, why they had to do this, I don't know, um, but. With the women's rights standing out, this is not the last we heard about this story, vote, And women are going to tear the Washington Redskins up. And I, I think you're right, vote. The Washington Redskins should say, just come out and say, listen, we're not mature enough to have cheerleaders on our football team, evidently. I mean, because that's what this is. It's not only stupidity. It's very immature. And you can't ask women to say, hey, can we do body pain on you this year? You just can't do it. It's just stupid.
1: Well, that, and, and and as dumb as that sounds, Sonny, in my opinion, that's not even the worst part of the situation. When you ask women in to be your personal escorts, <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. now they're not even cheerleaders anymore now. They're They're escorts. getting pimped out. <laughs> and they're getting – exactly. And that's God. definitely not what they <sighs> signed the contract God. to do that's not what they, that's not what they're being paid to do and if you pay them to be an escort well you know that's you're going into a whole another illegal realm of of things so and not only it, that, where though
2: they didn't pay them they didn't pay them they just gave them a free trip now granted that's nice but there was no money involved there was no monetary payment for their work <laughs> oh my yeah i don't i don't know but it it, it 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 just goes to show, okay. And I, I'm going to tell you one one of the worst things in the world. I think, and this is me personally, and and I know I know Sonny's thinking is back in 1950. I I get it. I completely understand it. But if I owned a franchise mm-hmm. or a professional thing, I'd have these women, you know, completely covered. Now, and, and I'm, not, I'm I'm talking, you know. Get their where their butts aren't hanging out of the back of their shorts, making them a little longer, and I wouldn't care if anybody liked it or not. I, I and that is not just protecting your franchise, but how about how about protect the dignity of these women who are doing this? Now, granted, I know some women don't mind the the, the breasts being parts of the breast being showed or their butts being shown. I get it. But why, as a franchisor, you're going to put yourself in a liability of, a, first of all, bad, 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 in case you didn't know, it's bad publicity, big time. And not only that, they're going to paint through the nose for this quarter but This is one where uh, Daniel Snyder's money is not going to get him out of it because he's going to put a lot of money into this big, 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 big mistake.
1: Yeah, and it's, it, I don't know how ugly it could get, Sonny, but um, but no, I, I get what you're saying. If you're gonna, if I mean, I don't know, I don't know how to say this, but if you're going to, I guess, be out in public with your cheerleaders, which I don't, that's just kind of weird in itself. But yeah. if you're in a situation like that, because I, I mean, I what you're what you're talking about is, is you know covering them up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the the reason that it's a good idea to do that too is because look, when you're not looking, and some some drunk pervert uh, decides he he's gonna he's gonna little get a little extra for his money, that's a lawsuit on you, buddy. That, that, yeah, that's you know, uh, that's that's ra- that's a rape charge. And that that's just I don't you know it makes it's gonna make the organization look bad It's because look, first of all, why were they in that situation And number two, who was watching like who was I guess protecting these young ladies like was there anybody like was there some type of security provided? like no, there wasn't okay so it was a free-for-all. All right very well and I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Sonny. I mean, I would think that the Redskins, as an organization, would be held liable if something like that
2: happened. You gotta be. Oh, absolutely. I, you know. And by the way, you know, since Daniel Snyder has taken over this team, it's got it for the for the Redskins. Okay. I, I I'm uh-huh. not gonna and it, it, this and the reason why is I did a little research. Sonny doesn't do a lot of research. Okay. But I did a little research up on this and. And I, I went back and I looked at what they were talking about because when this story hit four weeks four days ago, Querbeau, I came home immediately right. and said, "What are they talking about? What are they talking about?" Daniel Schneider has almost made this to it, it is so degrading. Listen, I, I'm not I'm not a oh, whether you call it. I'm not a guy who has a problem with you know with with Cleavage. I'm not. I'm not. But but when you, when you go to a sporting's event and it's the Dallas Cowboys mentality. And this is part of the problem too, the Dallas Cowboys and their and that whole situation. It, it you know if they want to consider that good taste nowadays, that that kind of thinking is going to. And the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders are going to be ones that suffer because I'm going to tell you right now. I know a lot of women in this state. I know a lot of cheerleaders. You know there are two. There are two indoor football teams. There are three hockey guy, uh, hockey teams where they have cheerleading. And their goal is not to be a cheerleader for the minor league football team. Their goal is not to be the cheerleader for the minor league hockey team. They want to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. And what is the Dallas Cowboys all about? It's about sex appeal. You can say whatever you want about it. But Jerry Jones, if he doesn't watch it, he's going to be caught up in this thing as well because these women now are saying – what are we doing? And they're right, by the way. Why are we letting uh-huh. these guys set the precedent on what a cheerleader should be? Why should we let them and, – and here's, here's another – here was a quote. He says, Daniel Schneider is bringing the craft, that being cheerleading, closer to pole dancing with every season. And if you look, and I have, I, I actually went back – and looked at the pictures that since Daniel Schneider took over this team in 1999 and where they are from the cheerleaders from then to where it's now, it is more risque. And in 2018, you're not going to get away with that and you're going to pay through the nose for it. And frankly, they should because I, as a man, okay. I, as a man, I don't think they need to be that way. And, and I'll tell you where this comes from. It's from being a dad. One and, and listen, my kids are in cheerleading. My daughter's in cheerleading, and the things they ask them to wear, it infuriates me as a parent. And I'm sitting here going, and my daughter, my daughter's, you know, 13, 14 years old, and they're asking them to wear things that I, as a parent, would say, there is no way you're walking out of the door look, uh, looking like this. It's not going to happen. But yet, schools and everybody. It's, I'm going to tell you right now, if people don't get their heads about themselves, they're going to find themselves in a lot of problems, and, and it's going to get down to the high school area. As it is, the, the college cheerleaders, listen, it, it, this is, it's, it's almost out of control, and, and it's going to be a problem mm-hmm. later on. So it's off the football field, but it has nothing to do with football. It has to do with the grainy women. And I'm going to tell you, I'm all about cheerleaders. I'm it, it, Granted. But why do half of their boobs have to hang out? Why do the butts have to hang out of these things? Why? Why does it have to happen? And if I because am the old school guy thinking why does it have to happen, they got to change it.
1: Well, Sonny, and, and this comment is not towards your daughter by any stretch of the imagination because I know you just brought her up. But the reason that they – that these dirty old men want them, or whoever's in charge of oh. outfits for for cheerleading or whatever else for dancers, but it's because sex sells. Yep. Bottom line, sex
2: sells. and old men, old okay. and old men own these franchises. Yeah, and they're, they're all, perverts. They're all dirty old men. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you. I, I'm glad I'm not the only one that is not afraid to admit that. Because I'm going to tell no, you right perverts. now, there are a bunch of dirty old men that own these things. All you got to do, hey, listen, all you got to do is go back to the NBA and that dirty old man that owned the Clippers with this this woman that he had there. I mean, Sterling, this, this is Sterling, that that guy right there is the epitome of an NFL owner and that thinking that they can get away with anything that they want to do, whether it's about their football team or just in reality, but, but you, but, this, but it, you know not, why?
1: You know why they have that mentality, Sonny? It's because they have they have those green little paper bills called yeah. money. Yep. Yeah. And money yeah. this is the prime example of money talks. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Honestly, that's what it is. Yeah. Because it, who's gonna say who's gonna say no to a couple of a couple of uh a couple extra hundred bucks, right? Yes. Yeah. Somebody says, "Hey, pull pull that pull that skirt up a little bit, or exactly pull, pull that shirt down a little bit. Let me let me see what you're working with here." It, a- and it, again, it, it, I know you're I know and I know, Sonny, your mind is going nuts right now because we're talking about this, and you have a thirteen thirteen year old daughter, right? Abby's thirteen, is that right? 14. Is yeah, she's yeah,
2: 14. yeah, she's fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, And wow. it actually, brings tears I remember to my eyes. It actually so brings what- tears to my eyes when when things like this happen, and and I say this one because this is things that need to be talked about. You know, if they want to get away from the the idea of what true leaders are about and make it professional make it again they need to be this way and it starts cuervo it starts in high school it starts in middle school and that's where the changing needs to be thought of and that's where it needs to start and then the recent kids who are growing up they can say listen we never had to do this before we're not going to do this but with the dallas cowboys and the dallas cowboy cheerleaders let, let's be honest they're the they're the you know cream of the crop when it comes to that because of their reputation but they're also their reputation is sexual and it's horrible and they got to get away from that thinking
1: yeah well i mean it even it even starts younger now i mean i've seen i've seen groups put together as young as seven eight years old little girls cheerleading and
2: even their outfits are kind of like wow really it's ridiculous This this is
1: what they wear right
2: um, I've kept my but, mouth shut for many years about this queer vote because I know I'm not going to win this argument with 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 what's going on. I know I'm not but I know I know as far as um you know a traditional person I'm right here okay, I am right here. There's no need for 12-, 13-year-old you know, girls wearing and exposing their bodies to a bunch of old people perverts or, or even, for that matters, even to children their own age. It's a message that has got to change. And as a parent, you can't do anything about it because you have no control over it. And the only thing that you can do is pull your kid out of it, and that takes away from the kid's experience but at the same time that what risk do you put your kids to that? And that's one of the things that And and I'm going to tell you straight out and honest. And I love my daughters very much. I wish my kids weren't in cheerleading just for this reason.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a risk that as a parent, I guess, and and it shouldn't be this way, but I mean, and and, and me as, as I, I, I'm not a parent, but I can imagine as, as a father, it's, probably you feel like you're taking a risk yeah and, and if i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong sonny but when you set. Quite well, all you gotta do is look
2: at that Olympics. well Olympic yeah that's
1: that's a that's a big one and and, the, and you know maybe and maybe that's
2: I what think. and maybe that's what it takes though
1: is just taking the, and i'm not saying you don't do it all right Um uh, but for for fathers out there um, or or mothers, if if the, you know dad's not around, whatever the case may be, just parents in general. Take the time to educate your daughters on look. If you know if you're in a situation where somebody asks you to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable, don't be afraid to speak up. And, and when you show them the examples of those Olympic uh uh gym gymnasts that. Yes. That were, you know, molested pretty much. Um, no,
2: they were. Yes.
1: Yeah, they were. They were. They were molested. So, I guess it just it's it's it, that's what that's the way it's going to really change, in my opinion, Sonny. Is, is I agree. Is get getting that education out there, and, and that also needs to start at a young age. You know, yes. when 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 you're nine, ten years, even as young as nine, ten years old, and, and I know it sounds weird. But they have to learn at that young age, like if if you know, some speed strange speed. guy asks yep. you to, you know, wants you to touch him, or he asks you to do something, they're like, no, not doing it because it could lead to other things. And this is a yep. prime example of what happens. And you know, it'll, it'll nev- say we'll never free. be
2: able to. Yeah, we'll never be able to protect them 100 percent of the time. But if you set a standard. And that's what the NFL needs to
0: do.
2: I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you right now, it would be be welcomed with open arms if they say, listen, none of this cleavage stuff, none of the butts hanging out. As it is, I have a hard time with midriff, but I think I'm all right with it. I I don't know. I I still have a problem with that. But but I think I can accept that more than anything. Um, But if you set a precedent now, and you're the NFL... I'm going to tell you right now, I think the doors open more for women within the the fact that women don't need to feel degraded. They don't need to be objectified. They don't need – in order for them to be relevant in the sports world. And I think that is – that's what the message has to be, and it's not being put out that way because of what those dirty old men who own – all these football teams want to put out there and they ought to be embarrassed. And the NFL needs to step in and they won't do it because they don't have any rights as far as that's concerned, because guess what? They're not quote unquote employees of the football team. And and that's another thing. These women need to be paid and they're not being paid. You know, we can talk about anything and everything else and who should and who should not get paid, but these cheerleaders they definitely deserve to be paid, and 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 most of the teams don't. And and there's a team that doesn't even have cheerleader square. Bo, guess what? They have no absolute problem with it. Why is that? Because the Pittsburgh Steelers are not not falling for it, and they're not falling into it, and they're not putting the well, women in that position. It's so smart in reality. Um, and that kind of that
1: kind of sets me up for my next point, Sonny. I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll I'll, uh, mm. I'll hold off until you. Mm.
2: I'm done. I, I'm on a rampage. If you can't tell, because I, I'm, I'm a parent. This is this is this is one. Of the, when when I read when I read this article, I, I walked into I walked into my home and I was livid. I was so mad I could not believe what I had just read. And I'm sitting here thinking we live in a different day and age. And I got my daughter growing up, and, and she's falling right into this. And it's all about being pressured because. I want to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, or I want to be a cheerleader, or I want to be a cheerleader, and I need to give a scholarship, so I've got to do it this way. It, it just it infuriates me as a parent.
1: I I can only imagine, Sonny, and and you know allow allow me to to lighten up the mood a little bit because it is a touchy subject uh, yeah. for those <laughs> that do have daughters that age out there. You know the the way I look at it is another is, too is. If your focus is on the appearance of your cheerleaders, then your focus is in the wrong place as an NFL franchise.
0: Completely I mean, let's, agree let's, with let's,
1: you. Let's let's look at the Redskins as an example. Okay. okay. They're 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 cheerleaders, hey. They probably I mean, you know, their their outfits are probably amazing looking. They probably have some of the most gorgeous women that are cheerleaders for them. Absolutely. But guess what? Mm-hmm.
0: Your team sucks.
1: Focus (laughs) on your team. Let's focus on... I'm telling you, son, if I go to a game, which I've only been to one NFL game my whole life, okay, and it was like nine below zero, but that's beside the point. I wasn't there to see the cheerleaders. I was there to watch my favorite NFL team play a game. So, with that said, why have to focus so much on... The you know the appearance of the cheerleaders or what the cheerleaders nobody's paying attention to them. Okay, the only nope. time you really see them is coming like if you're at home watching and coming off of a commercial, they got cameras in their face and they're like, let's go whatever team they're that they're cheerleaders for. And that's yeah. it. You don't see them the rest of the game. Like to me, it, I mean, the fact that the Redskins put the cheerleaders in a situation. Is is so awkward. It's, I don't know. God. I don't know how to explain it. It's weird. It's like, what's? Why is the focus on that when it should be on making your team better? Like, yeah, your your team your team's not good. They haven't been good right. since you know 1991 when Mark Rippin was their quarterback, right? <laughs> so, I
2: mean, come on. What are
1: yes? Can can exactly. we talk?
2: Can we talk? Yes. So, we, we. I mean... That, <laughs> that does not... Can we talk? Yeah. So,
1: um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe hopefully that lightened up the mood, Sonny. Uh, I, you yeah. got a good laugh from it, I know, but...
2: Yeah, so I... It's a bad and,
1: and, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, and, and and trust me, hopefully nothing, no other incidents like this happen. Unfortunately... You know, we can't can't say that it won't, but uh exactly, I guess the the, the point is hopefully women start to speak up more now than ever, uh, and they but need to. again, definitely you know this the Steelers, yep. and I had totally forgotten about that that the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have cheerleaders, nope. but that's because their focus is on their actual football team, and their actual yep. football team is is pretty damn good. So their head their their focus is in the right place, uh, unlike I imagine, the Washington Redskins. And
2: imagine how much money that saves them as a franchise as well. You know, uh, and it's not just a few million dollars, guys. I mean, these football teams yeah. spend a lot of money on DC, and we're we're talking, you know, to run that I, I, for the Dallas Cowboys to run their Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, it's gotta cost them 10 million bucks, if not more. Um, now, you know, so, you know, it's 10 million bucks that they could use someplace else. I don't know, but I agree with you, Claire. the Steelers have got it right. They don't, you know, they don't, they don't need nor want your leading, and it does take away from the focus of the game. Now, you know, if you need to bring women in the game because of cheerleaders, let's do it to where they can be respected at what they do. And, uh, I, and I get in and I, I, to a point, even have a problem with gymnastics uh, and the, what they wear in gymnastics. And I get, I get the fact that it's, it helps them in a way, but at the same time it's sending the wrong message and the message it, the mess. Now, now, the message should not be you need to cover up yourself. It should not be uh-huh. that way, but we're living in a day and age where it has to be that way. Because if you don't, that it just goes to show you're not looking out for these people and their and, and the most important part of it is their dignity as women. And if, and if you, if you can't do that for your, for your cheerleaders and for your people, you should not even be allowed to have them. And the, and I'll use the WWE as an example. They are moving away from this. Okay? If you watched wrestling back in the day, you, you had Sable walking out without a shirt on with little spaceies over them. There's no way they would be doing that today. These women are wrestlers, and guess what? They're professionals, and I'm going to tell you right now. You have to be a professional to be a cheerleader. You can't just have any woman walk off the, you know, walk off the street and do this. It takes, it takes a dedication just as much as a football player it, it takes to be a, a football player. It's the same thing in cheerleading. Let's show them a little dignity. Let's show them a little bit of pride is what I'm saying. And that's coming from a father, and that, yes, we need to get off of it. Um, but at the same time, it, it, it's one of the things that I'm going to do. Now, we'll get off the subject. We'll go on to something that is interesting, and it's a little bit controversial. But I, I uh-huh. we, we, we're doing good here. Eric Reed, let's talk a little bit about Eric Reed because Eric Reed now is also joining in on the collusion uh, grievance that Colin Kaepernick is doing, and now Eric Reed, I guess, having a hard time finding a football team to play for, you know. You know, this 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 is a touchy subject because we get back to what we were talking about Des Bryant. Des Bryant was doing a lot. The reason why he doesn't have a football team is because his mouth runs and his actions are negative. Uh-huh. And if you look at the actions of Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick, there wasn't anything negative per se, except it depends upon what you were looking at are the real reasons why or When these, uh, quote unquote, you know, stand, you know, these uh, uh, protests were done, were were you completely thinking about what you were doing when you were doing the protests? The difference between that and anything else in reality, you know, is how you present yourself. And the, the Colin Kaepernick thing you know, even to even now, Cuervo. I'm going to even put it out there. This is such an old story. Which, by the way, I, I, you know, he wasn't playing well before he started this, and he's been out of football for a year. Cuervo didn't take a snap. And I know the guy's athletic, and I know the guy's good, but a year away from the football field at at your possession at your profession as a quarterback, that's got to hurt you. But Eric Reed, Eric Reed is a guy that plays.
3: Mhm.
2: So and, okay. Um, there's a. This is a big story. I mean, this this collusion grievance is going to be another thing the NFL are going to have to. They're going to have to answer to.
1: Okay. So I mean, I guess I need to take the time to read. So what exactly? I mean, I I, I have an idea of what collusion is,
0: it's, but how does it's, it's it
1: relate a, it, to Eric Reed and? the fact that he hasn't been signed by an NFL team. What, what exactly?
2: Because he did uh, what Colin talk- Kaepernick did. He took the knee, and he took it every single game as well. He has not been vocal about it. He's just been taking the knee. Um, and that's what the collusion grievance against huh. the NFL is, with Colin Kaepernick and the fact that they did their protest. And Eric Reed uh, believes the NFL is treating him the same way Colin Kaepernick is being treated uh-huh. for the past year plus. Uh, because no one in free agency is wrapping him up. And that's that's one of the problems. So he went ahead, and um, we didn't necessarily really get into Colin Kaepernick filing this thing, but he has. He's out that grievance, and he's saying that there is collusion between NFL football teams not going and signing him specifically because of what he did as far as – Uh, putting out the protests and how he went about the Mm protest. And Eric Reed believes that he is part of that as well. Um, Because last month, um, someone indicated to him within the team that, um, and this is a quote, by the way, just to let you know, made it very clear to him that he was expected not to participate in the national anthem protest if they signed him. So where vote that is, that's a huge thing here. Um, your teams are saying you know teams are saying if you are gonna if you're going protest you're not going to be on my football team and you were expected before you signed the contract now Reid, I'll give him credit he says you know what I'm not signing that I'm not gonna do that I have a right to do what I'm doing well whether or not you think he has a right or not uh, within the real rules he has a right to do that if that's what he wants and he's not going to sign that right away and be it give them reason to, to vacate the contract. And, but at the same time, the Cincinnati Bengals made it very, very, not just very clear. They made it. If, if that was, if that was going to be something that it was still in his mind, if he was going to participate in or even think about participating, he wasn't going to be on that team. Thus did not sign the contract with the Cincinnati Bengals. Thus he is giving with Colin Kaepernick and he's going to file the grievance against the, against the NFL. And this is yet another thing. The NFL definitely doesn't need.
1: No, they don't need that. But I think at the same time, I can see, you know, why the tap, why they're claiming collusion. And yeah, funny. I mean, I I think they have a strong case here because here's, here's the thing. Um, you know, nobody. I mean, people knew who Eric Reed was.
2: Yes, Before I did.
1: this all this all happened, um, but nobody. I don't think anybody ever really thought that he was not talented. I mean, he he was starting to become a pretty good player in San Francisco, yes. and then uh, you know this whole incident happened and whatnot, and 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 now he's... he. Now, yeah, now he's being portrayed as as, as a bad guy. Oh, he sucks. Whatever the case may be, uh, just because this situation. Yeah. You know, here's the way I here's the way I look at it. It's it, and I kind of find it ironic. And and I know we try. We're, we're moving away from what we were just talking about, but I kind of have to bring it back for a quick second because these owners that are possibly colluding against these guys are the same ones that are, you know, don't have exactly the best, mo- you know, moral compass themselves. Okay? So they're judging, they're judging these two guys, right, for taking a knee during the national anthem, and that's fine. I mean, you know, they have every right to, to criticize them for, for the choice they made. I'll tell you what, though, for – to do – and I'll tell you, Sonny, and, and, and I hope this isn't the case, but who's to say that other NFL teams out there don't do the same thing to their cheerleader employees that the Redskins Absolutely, yes. And, and this they could open the, the door for for other cheerleaders on other teams to now speak up because that's how it always starts. Once yes. one person opens opens the door and and they speak up and they and they come out with their story, that's when the floodgates open and and it's kind of like the movement that started uh, the the Me Too movement when uh, yes. you know Brianna when uh, Ella Elle, how do you say her name Ella Deladon the, the WNBA player came out saying that that uh, you know she was going to be married to another woman. You know, basically, she's she's lesbian, gay, whatever, however you want to mm-hmm. say it. Um, Black belt. That opened it up, but that opened it up for other for other WNBA players to come out and tell their story too. Yep. So with this with this situation, this could open up the door, I, and I can very well see this happening because, like you said, the 32 owners that are uh, you know in the NFL. Most of them are dirty, old, white men, okay? Let's yep. just call it what it is, dirty, old, white men. Yep. These are the same guys that are, that are judging Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reid for taking a knee during the national anthem, but yet they're going around and treating their cheerleaders like prostitutes. You tell me whose moral compass is messed up doesn't sound so bad anymore, does it? Exactly.
2: Exactly. So and it's you
1: know, so, I, you know
2: I think I'm so, I think I'm over this Colin Kaepernick thing, although I I, I
1: am too, I, Sonny, and that's my point. That's my point yeah. right there. I'm so glad you said that because I'm done.
2: I, I'm not even
1: mad at Colin Kaepernick anymore. I don't because no. I don't care anymore. I don't that's a, care.
2: care. Let the yep. dude
1: play. Let if he still believes he can play, somebody, please, give him a shot. Just give the guy a shot. Give
2: Eric a shot. But then you got the other side of that point. okay? And I'll put it out there because I am. A business is it, owner is, it, is, it, is being it able media to part make study? the decision he wants to do. Huh?
1: Is it the media part that you're talking about?
2: No. I'm talking about as a business owner. As a business owner, you just want to be, run the team the way, or run your business the way you want to, and you want the personnel that you want, regardless of what reason it is. Now, it doesn't mean that the reasons need to be justified. Okay, as an owner, I get this portion, and mm-hmm. this this is where it kind of it gets iffy for me because I've been on both sides of this. There's certain people I want to, uh, you know, to hire. There's certain people I don't. Um, there, there's certain reasons why I would hire someone, a certain reason why I will, um, but I don't want that taken away from me. But at the same time, you, you're, you're looking, you're looking at a situation that I don't. I, I'm going to say I don't want to take that away from an NFL team because it'd be just like Des Bryant, okay? It, you know, Des Bryant. Uh-huh. You know, I don't want this guy on my football team. I don't care if you like the reason why I don't like Des Bryant. I can care less. It's my football team. I'll run it the way I want to run it, because I own it. Now, the problem is, within the NFL, okay, they're running it with 1930s mentality, and that's where we run into this problem. Even though football has progressed to 2018, the mental portion of it, uh, the thinking behind it is back in 1932. But, they should be able to do that. They own it. They built it. They got it to where it is, okay? And, and I almost don't want to take it away from the team to say, no, I don't want Colin Kaepernick. Yes, and it is because of this. Or I don't want Des Bryant because he, he, he's just a bad influence. I don't like him. I don't want to take that aspect away from it because I think that part's unfair, too. So we we're, we're kind of caught in the middle between whether or not the players should be on there or not or compared to, well, you know, these football teams, they're, they're, they're signing quarterbacks that can't carry Colin Kaepernick's jock. Well, nowadays, what's the difference between Colin Kaepernick and a second-year quarterback? Nothing, because Colin Kaepernick hasn't been out on the football field. So I don't want to take that option away from him, because there's still a point within what Colin Kaepernick is all about, is he was a failing quarterback at the time before he did this. This was a quarterback that... Hey, you're saying whatever you want about Colin Kaepernick, but he wasn't as good as he was two years before that. He had a fall off in the last two years of his career, where you would say, hey, "If I'm going to get that production, I might as well get a rookie." And that's what, and that's the only problem with a Colin Kaepernick. Now, it's a little bit different when you look at Eric Reed, Cuervo. Eric Reed is in the quarterback. He isn't the main, but this is a viable option at his position. Okay, but you don't want to take away from the other saying, listen, Eric Reed is telling you, I don't want you on my team. I don't like what you stand for. And it doesn't necessarily, and listen, when you own something, when you, have, you, you should be able to say that, but it's business now. And you're not allowed to be that way, Cuervo. Business has changed, and you've got to get away from that thinking. Or, Cuervo, you've got to be able to hide it to where it's acceptable. But you can't just come out and say, Colin Kaepernick, I don't want you because of your actions of what you did. You can't do that. That's why a couple of teams are in trouble with the Colin Kaepernick thing, and the same thing with Eric Reed and what the what the uh, Bengals are saying. The, the Bengals are saying, listen, you can be on my team, but that protest stuff, that ain't happening here. You're not going to be here. And you can't do that. you got to hide it. or you just got to say dumb. No.
1: Right, right, because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, the reason you can't do that is because uh, um I mean, you're pretty much you're trying to take away your first the, the person's first amendment rights.
2: Absolutely.
1: Is that yep. is that the reason why and that's illegal to do? You can't it is. take away uh, you know, constitutional rights from a person.
2: Um Yep. But and, and if you're going to do though. it, don't make it public. In I mean, the quite vote. If you're going to do it, you can't make it right. public. Now, it, right. it, and, it, and I'm not saying it's <laughs> right or wrong, but, it, but in today's society, you can't be the Bengals, and that goes back to the 1930s. Someone's not thinking over there. You can't go up to Eric Reed and say, listen, I'll take you, but you can't do this, and you can't tell him that, okay? You've got to be able to, willing to take Eric Reed. And just take him at face value and be done with it, because the fact that they would be asking him about this is actually illegal as well. So you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. Or telling him, listen, you can't do that. Now there are certain instances uh-huh. right now, Cuervo's with certain guys' background, you know, you you just can't ask it about anymore. Heck, for it, it, even now, an employer. Let me rephrase that. Depending on how big the organization is, employer can't even ask why you're calling in sick. They can't even – you can call and say, I'm just not going to be in. They're not even asked and allowed, uh, allowed to be asked why. You just say, okay, you're not going to be in. Mark it down. Mm-hmm. They, and I know this because I work in that daily. Um, you can't even ask why. They just say, I'm not going to be in. You say, okay, and then pretty much hang up the phone. The The conversation lasts 20 seconds. More so than back in the day, well, I'm, I'm not coming in. Well, why aren't you coming in? Well, I'm not feeling good. Well, why don't you feel good? And those, it, 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 those, those extra questions are being taken off the table legally to ask. It's the same thing here. You, 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 can't, you can't expect Eric Reed to, to sign a contract to play for your team when you're going to take away his rights. And that's what's happening here. Good, bad, or indifferent, that's what's happening.
1: Yeah, and you know that's uh, you know we'll we'll see we'll see. I mean, I I guess there's a there. I mean, you might be able to create some sort of small loophole to that, and I mean, and, and and I don't know. Maybe 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 you can't. But my my thinking on it, Sonny, is like, hey, you can't come out and say that. You can't that you you're not allowed to take a knee, or we won't allow you to take a knee uh, during the national anthem. But maybe team policy says that everybody will stand with a hand on their on their heart during the national anthem. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like there's a there, yeah. there's a loophole to it, and and, and you got to figure that out. You know, you can't just be like, hey, you're not allowed to do that. But what you can yeah. do is say, hey, this is our team policy. Everybody stands with their right hand over their heart, uh, and that's how you that's how you will be for the national anthem. That's team policy. Yeah. Either you accept team it or power. you don't.
2: Yep, and and those policies can be written down, and you can either a sign or b not. And but at the same time, when you sign that. It, 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 with with the way that the rules that are going on as far as employment because hey guys, these guys are employees they're employees of a football team. They, they still have a right to set policy and you're right Clair, that's where all this comes from and whether or not, but you just can't be blatant and say well the reason why he's not on my football team is because he he, uh, he, he protests football. He just can't do it. So it's it's just one mm-hmm. of those things I'm not sure what's going to be out Now, I promised Major League Baseball top, So I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna bring it in. We got last we got twenty minutes left to go and I'm gonna bring it in because as much as I I'm for players. I really am a lot of time not for players, but I can I can find the wrong and right from a player as far as what it is. But I wanna go back, okay, and this happened three days ago, Cuervo, Okay. Todd Frazier. Okay. I don't know if you know who he is. Okay. Plays for the Mets. Okay. Um, after I a do know who loss, he is. Yeah. After a seven loss and he had a real bad day at the plate, by the way, just to let you know, he went 0 for four and a strikeout again, you know, uh, against Atlanta, um, sounded off on the, uh, up on the, uh, the umpires. And right now, he, he obviously doesn't think they're doing a great job in um, just the way. And I don't know if he got, he, what it is, but he comes up and says, there's no accountability and I'm getting frustrated with these guys in the last uh, five or six games. And this is what he told a reporter um, over, you know, so, uh, over at uh, MLB.com. He says, I just can't sit back and let it go anymore. Now you, want, now you know what he wants, Cuervo? This guy wants to sit down with the commissioner. Now, about what? About About, what? about uh, accountability and things of that sort. This, I mean, he is blasting mm. umpires, and he wants to sit down with the commissioner. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, where about I'm saying? So why would, you know, the commissioner, who has a lot of things to do, okay, why would I allow a guy, see, you know, hey Frazier, good ball player. I I even know who this guy is, which which is amazing. I don't hardly know too many baseball players anymore, but I know about this guy. Why would I give a rip what I think about him and what he thinks about umpiring or the uh, the officiating in the game? I, I I don't I don't get it. I get the fact that he might think there's no accountability for some of these guys, and he might be getting frustrated. But maybe, you know, if I'm the commissioner and I give a grant it and say, well, why don't you just get out of your own slump, okay? I mean, you know, you can't just sit back and let it go anymore. It, listen, it, there, there's been nothing different from the 1930s as far as really, you know, except for the fact technology is getting involved with some of the calls and things of that sort. But really, in reality, calls are calls are calls, okay? And... You know, so I don't know if Frazier wants a robot mentality when it comes to that. It's an automatic strike if it's here. So why would you have umpires out on the on the baseball field then? You know, he would. He listen. Right now, he is, and this is what I'm just reading it. Three of thirteen with four strikeouts um, when he went up against San Diego. Listen, by the way, if you can't hit against uh-huh. San Diego, you're in a lot of trouble. That having I mean, that that's a different <laughs> story. Um, uh huh. But so so somewhere uh, is it a problem that you just can't hit the ball? You're going through a slump, or are you just you just mad and you just want to take it out on someone and cause drama about something? I, I mean, I know there's always going to be problems with umpires and calls and things like that, Guerbo. But you know, just because you don't like the strike zone, which this is all this is the strike zone. Because there's no other place that he's complaining about except for when he's up at bat. So he obviously has a problem, not with everybody else, just the umpire behind the plate. And why would I entertain this guy? That's what I want to know. As a commissioner, why would I entertain a guy that's just in a slump and, and sit down and take time away from myself to try to help this league become better but i got to sit and listen to you complain about you're not playing well right now. And that's what it boils down to, Cuervo. The guy's not playing well.
1: Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. He's just in a slump, and, and he's finding an excuse, excuse. to uh, justify yes. why he's having a slump, why he's in a slump. And in my opinion, look, there's nothing wrong with admitting, like, look, I'm just not seeing the ball very well right now. I've got to work on the hand-eye coordination. Whatever, whatever you have to say. But to sit back and, and, and blame and point the finger at other people, that drives me crazy more than anything else. And, and Me too. <laughs> I, I deal with it all the time. That's, uh, people just can't – people just don't – they just don't want to look in the mirror and say to themselves, you know what? Maybe it's a me problem. Nobody maybe it's a me thing. <laughs> nobody ever wants to admit that. Nobody ever wants to say it. Nobody ever wants to – to face that problem and and or face that reality and just look in the mirror and say, yeah, it's me that's messed up. Mm-hmm. You want to point the finger? Point the finger at the guy in the mirror. There you go.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and, so. and Frazier comes out and says, and, and this is what really makes me mad, and it's the wording, and you'll know what I'm talking about. This is what Frazier says. wants to, He wants to sit down with the commissioner because, quote, unquote, you ready for it? He says it's rubbing everyone the wrong way. You've got to be better than that. There's one word in that two short sentences that goes back to just what you were saying. Everybody. Guess what? Everybody's not in a slump here, uh, Frazier. All right? Everybody's not in a slump, and not, it's not rubbing everybody the wrong way. Guess what? It's rubbing you the wrong way because you can't get out of your slump. You are not playing well. And he goes back to exactly what you're saying, Cuervo, and it, it drives me nuts. You take responsibility for what you do in your performance. And when you can't take responsibility for your performance or justify your performance because of certain things, then it's a you thing. It's a you thing. This has nothing to do uh-huh. with the other, how many other baseball players are, are, are you know, in, in Major League Baseball. This is a you thing. So you want to, you know, maybe get married. That's why. once you get married, and you can bounce some of these things off of your wife, more so than waste the time of the commissioner of Major League Baseball. <laughs> I, I I don't get it. I, I I'm completely why one guy's in a slump that he has to have a sit down with the commissioner. And I, if I'm the commissioner of Major League Baseball, I, if, I'm not entertaining anything coming from him unless it is a viable reason. And unfortunately for Frazier, it's not viable. You're in a slump. So guess what? Get yourself squared away. Todd, why don't you go and hit the ball? Why don't you go take some more batting practice? Why don't you, maybe maybe go get your eyes checked. Maybe maybe you're just not seeing the ball well enough because you've got a little problem with your eyes. It's exactly what you're saying, Cuervo. You're not taking responsibility for what your actions are or what you're responsible for, and not as as a person that tries does drive nuts. Right, and, and you
1: know, and the this- Look, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, saying just admitting that you're just not on your game right now. Look, it's still early it in the season. Every time. It's May 6th. It's yes. May 6th. You know, I mean, you're what, 30, 35 games into this if that actually, not even. I'd say about 30 games into the season. And I mean, it's not like it's September and you and you're and you're in a playoff push and you know the the circumstances are pretty intense like it's game 30 of the regular season dude like, yeah yeah you're you're, you're going to be okay it's not even memorial day yet okay Cinco de Mayo was yesterday so
0: <laughs>
1: you still have over 100 games to go and i mean you're going to it's going to be all
2: right it's going to be okay yeah.
1: just you know you just got to take a deep breath you know like in like in bad boys you just got to say saw, right that's all you have to do <laughs> yeah and, and and just Absolutely. take a deep breath relax and and whatever you got to do tell yourself i'm going to hit the ball today i'm going to hit the ball whatever you have to do i'm telling you, you you just relax you don't you don't think too hard about it and before you know it, you're knocking you're knocking the ball out of the damn park again like like you're only getting a half back
2: right now behind atlanta <clears throat> You're 17 to yeah, 14. So. Atlanta is 19 and 13. So shut your mouth and play the game. You know, and, and you know, check yourself. Check yourself. You know, and, and you know. Frankly, this is the first I've heard of this, and and I think that's also my point, though All right, yes, I don't keep up major league baseball as properly as maybe a sports host should do. Okay. But I do keep up with it. I listen to a few things here and there, and I watch it. No, let me rephrase it. I listen to what people are saying about baseball. I cannot tell you I've watched the baseball game this year. But I can tell the difference between excuses and uh, a poor performance. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if there were more issues regarding umpires, I would hear about it. I would know about it. And it's me not being in depth in baseball right now, as most people who are into baseball, I, you know, I would have heard about it. No, this is the only place this is coming from, Cuervo, unless I've missed something. Have you heard anything lately about anybody complaining about Major League Baseball umpires and things of that sort? And maybe I missed it.
1: No, I've, I haven't i heard anything either. I mean, this is the first story I know of that somebody's really challenging the 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 commissioner or the front office of the, of the, of the league.
2: Kind of, kind of nuts. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that I'm amazed at some of the people, but then, you know, we live in a different day and age and I might be a little bit older, but it is what it is now. I promised baseball and I got to baseball. We got 10 more minutes and we're going to rock it through some subjects square because we got some, we got some interesting things that are going on and it does go back to football. But here's another, another brick to fall in Seattle, Fuervo. Okay, they release her um, with a failed, uh, failed physical. Cliff Avril gone off the Seahawks. I mean, you want to talk about a total different football field on the or football team on the defensive side of the ball. It's gonna be a baby, and what I mean is it's gonna be infant out there on Seattle defense. You won't even know who's there.
1: Well, it, it, I mean, it's totally different now, Sonny. It, it, the 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 makeup of this defense is going to be so unfamiliar that you're, you no, know, it's 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 mind blowing to think about. In reality, um, I just it's, but that goes to show you that times change, Sonny. Not nothing lasts yeah. forever. So, uh, you know, the Legion of Boom is is there's no more boom there. Uh, yeah, I mean the biggest piece is still there with with, with Chancellor, uh, but uh, but I, I can see Earl Thomas leaving very soon, and all going to be his chancellor. He's been rumored
2: down here in Dallas, like you wouldn't believe. So yeah,
1: yeah well, he's, well, he's been rumored down there in Dallas. I, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I don't know what Me the too. what the holdup is or, or whatever, but.
2: Maybe they know they got them and they're not worried about putting it out there or actually signing them, so it's good stuff. Mm -hmm. And going back and this is a different day and age, defensive back coach of the Panthers, Curtis Fuller, resigned this week after complaints of workplace uh, conduct. Now, we go back to, you know, this is becoming a big story, okay? Workplace, you know, workplace conduct. Is big, all right, but there's been some investigations and complaints of inappropriate conduct, which has brought on this guy's resignation. And and now with the Panthers already with that owner having problems, the last thing they need is a coach giving them the same problems that they had with the owner. And so now, you know, a coach is resigning uh, because of it. And from what everybody's, you know, that that deal with Jerry Richardson is is making teams accountable for what we talked about, old white people making stupid comments and thinking back in 1930 days, you just can't do it anymore. If you have a secretary, you can't say, hey, nice blouse, babe. You you just can't do it. And and I'm not sure how much a defensive back Coach is involved with women within the front offices or within the offices, but evidently enough for him to be gone.
1: Right. Well, I mean, some people just don't learn, Sonny. I really don't know what else to say about that. Some people don't learn exactly. and, and understand, like, yep, sometimes, uh, you know, you just got to keep your mouth shut. And Go with the, you know, Go with the flow. Say, if you would – if you wouldn't say it in front of your mom or your grandma, you probably shouldn't say it to oh, the other Oh,
2: Cuervo, person. that that's perfect. Cuervo, that is absolutely perfect. If people lived that way, it'd be you know that's exactly. I, I love it. You you, sh- you get the gold star for the day. Bryce Petty hey, gone. Hey, appreciate that. Bryce Petty gone. Um, he, he, so he's now a Miami Dolphin. So the Jets releasing the Dolphins get him. I don't know Cuervo. This is not a bad, hey, listen, I'm not saying Bryce Petty is a good football player. I'm not. But he hasn't played enough for me to say he sucks, right? I mean, so this is actually a young cat that the Dolphins can take a look at and maybe get it and because they sure in the hell did not look at the quarterback position when they were in the draft. So they get Bryce Petty, mm-hmm. um, you, know, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, I don't know. Uh, is it too late for Bryce Petty down there? Could he be a good Dolphin? Could he be a good quarterback for the Miami Dolphins?
1: Um, I think he be he could be a good backup. I don't think he's ever going to start for them. But I think he's a guy that could possibly be a good, you know, if Tannehill gets hurt again or something like that. Um, yeah, it's going to take time for him to, <clears throat> to really fit in over there and, and learn the playbook and get it down. But the thing that, that works to his advantage is he's got a guy in Adam Gase that's going to get him. Get him set and ready to go pretty quickly. Um, is he a so quarterback? Said, I mean, Adam Gase, I believe he is. <clears throat> I believe so. Um, if you He's look at his good. track record, I mean, if you well, can I mean, make Jay if, Cutler
2: if, good, if, if you can make him you go. somewhat good, I See, think you've done something. You took the words <laughs> right out of my mouth.
1: Right out of I, my mouth, and he had the best season under Gase.
2: Absolutely, Brian Tannehill first. A million dollar man, yeah, or Matt Ryan, first million dollar man. I mean, man, Cuervo. I mean, I, I get the fact the guy is good, but thirty million dollars, Matt, Matt. I guess this this is definitely. Well, what else are you going to get? A thirty million For Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. Cuervo. Uh, it, uh, it, hey. Good, good contract or not? I don't know. First million dollar man, 30 million a year? I I don't know. It, it, something tells me that this guy's got to get much better before I'm popping down. Hey, listen, if I don't want to give Aaron Rodgers $100 million, how the hell can I give it to Matt Ryan for doing absolutely nothing and blowing the Super Bowl? Yeah, I said it.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, this one's this was a pretty interesting signing just because of the timing, uh, especially with, uh, you know, the, the the past two seasons, the way that they've gone, um, you know, not that I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily a thing that Atlanta's trying to move on from Matt Ryan or anything like that, or, or that there was a thought there. Um, but the fact that they, they felt like they had to secure him, um, Kind of, it's kind of interesting. The, the just the timing of it's a little weird, but I mean, he is he is a uh, a franchise quarterback. He may not be the best, he may not be top five, uh, but I tell you, he he's a, he's a guy that can get your team in the playoffs. That's for sure.
2: I I would think so. I mean, you know, you it, it's one of those things. I mean, I you know, I I look at Matt Ryan is a guy that has. Definitely underachieved, Cuervo. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, he hasn't done anything except gotten to the Super Bowl. But they, they, it's, And it's not the fact that they haven't surrounded the guy with talent. I mean, you got, he's got the guys to throw it to. I mean, he's got Muhammad. He's got, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, uh, Julio Jones. This is a guy that hasn't really necessarily done anything, you know, you know what? What needs to be done? So, uh, ninety seconds, really quick. Jason Witten retirement going into booth first ballot Hall of Famer Cuervo? Yes or no? Maybe so.
1: Uh, I would say maybe so. Um, Whoa! You know you. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I. Know
2: yeah, he, I'm he, the he, one that going to field the emails about that one. <laughs> <clears throat> well,
1: I'll, I'll t- <laughs> the way oh, because just the fact that look. You know, if you compare his numbers, which I haven't done this yet, but if, I'm sure if you compare his numbers to the guys that have been first first ballot Hall of Famers, I don't know that they necessarily match up with those guys, like a Shannon Sharp or when Tony Gonzalez is eligible. I can't remember what year it is, but he is gonna definitely next. be a first ballot hall of famer. Like there's no next question next. about that. Yeah, so yeah, and he's, he's and, he, in, and he's
2: in the same and he's in the same boat with him, by the way. Didn't win a championship, so there you go. I mean, Witten you know, never won well, a
1: championship, I mean, so. so I mean, tight ends don't really get judged based off of championships. They're, they're more That's about, a good point. Yeah, you know, it's just overall stats when it comes to tight ends and and whether they change the position at all. And I don't know that Jason Witten did that. I mean. Uh, I've got a lot of love for Jason, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've been a fan of his. Tennessee and he, boy. He played, at Ten- he, he played at Tennessee, that's right. And, uh, I mean, I, I loved watching him play back then. I, I loved watching him play in Dallas, and, and I followed his career. Um, but I think there were, there were uh, you know, times where I think his production could have been better. Uh, and And it's not necessarily his fault, but just – it just kind of happened the way it did and and that's why i kind of wonder if if he doesn't get first ballot he definitely will be second he'll get his second I think year.
2: He, we'll look at the numbers we'll check that out we'll talk about that next week here on the Couch Potato Sports Show is Jason for a first ballot Hall of Famer we'll talk about that next week along with all the other things that we talk about here on the Couch Potato Sports Show And that being said, we did it. Three hours here. Good fun. And we'll do it again next week here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Join us at noon Central Standard Time. We'll knock it out. We're out of here, everybody. Take care. We're out of here. Bye-bye.